everybody out there. How you doing? Welcome to the eye test. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm with my co-host, Sean. How you doing, Sean? Feeling good today, man. Feeling real good. Yeah, well, that's good to hear, brother. I'm feeling good as well, man. Um, lots to get into. We missed our, our usual recording time. Um, personal business, um, but these things happen, but we hear uh, a day late, but we're not a dollar short. So, actually, we picked up some extra change on the way. You know, I yeah. mean, we we got to we, you know, whatever whatever loose change that uh you know the Clippers dropped, we picked that up. So you know, well, you know, what I'm saying you are always dropping loose change because here we go. You're the dime. <laughs> you're the dime dropper that no one ever asked for. So. You know what I'm saying? You must be talking about assist. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Right, right, right. You must right. be talking about assist. Yes, sure. Yes. If it's about assisting police, then yes, <laughs> you're absolutely nope, right. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> All right, that's what we're going with, you know what I'm saying? But either way, man, you know, we, we def- I'm definitely excited about this episode. I don't know how excited you are, but... Because of the topics that we're gonna get into, and because it's the football episode, man, like we we actually gonna get into football for real, for real, mm-hmm. man. I'm just ready to do this. Yeah, man. Um, so, with that being said, I just want to welcome everybody to episode 19. In this episode, we're going to be getting to to uh, Houston's exit because we're way late, like a week late. Um, yeah, we're going to be getting into. The Clippers, we're going to be getting into that amazing game one of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. And then we're going to be moving on to the king of all sports, uh, the NFL. And we're going to be talking all things NFL. And we're going to get into fantasy. So, with that being said, um, let's get into it, bro. Um, So, yeah. So right off top, man, you you personally, you said, I don't want to waste no time. These dudes is going to get this work. So let's give it to them, bro. Like, go ahead and start us off, man. Look, you want to talk about the Clippers? Look, let's talk about look, the Clippers. Mark, uh, for those wait. out there that do not know, we're talking about Clippers Denver Nuggets series and the fall of the Clippers. Um so continue, friend. Man, fall, uh, back alley beating. Um, I, I don't know what you want to call it, man. The 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 uh, the uh, robbery. Um, Listen, you know, man. Not like robbery as in they got cheated, but robbery as in they just got stuck. No, up. they brought. No, they robbed the they, fans. They made. They they, they made. They. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what they did. I'm gonna say they, they robbed the fans because I swear, I swear on everything. Since before the season even started, when PG signed on a dotted line, they was like, oh, Western Conference Finals is going to be LeBron versus Kawhi and PG. And so they robbed the fans of this epic showdown that everybody was expecting to happen. And we, they not going to get it. So that's where the robbery yeah. is, bro. Yeah, you know it, it, it is. Oh, okay. Let's get let's just let's just get straight into the meat and meat and potatoes, man. Well, PG. The, well, no, no, no. Because the meat and potatoes of, of it is these niggas folded. 
Like before we Bru- even talk about these the individual okay. effort, let's talk about let's talk about these fools as a team. These fools folded. I mean, these fools folded worse than a than an origami swan, friend. Like these dog. dudes, <laughs> like like hey, yo, man. they all the way folded, dog. Like this shit was you know crazy. Like a fancy napkin, <laughs> like these motherfuckers. Hey, like okay, man. You know what? Nah, man. Let's uh, let's run down the list, man. Let's run down the mm-hmm. list, man. Okay, you got Doc Rivers. Yeah. You know what? You was ass. You was ass. Okay. Then you got Lemon Pepper Lou. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He ain't been right. I don't know what else he ate over there at the strip club, but whatever it is, and he sit right with him, and he ain't been playing right since he left the strip club. He ain't been he ain't been playing right since he left Magic City. Okay. And then he certainly haven't been that six man that everybody hears about. Yeah, he definitely six man. He ain't been a six man. He ain't been the finisher. He ain't been the starter. He ain't been he ain't been shit. Like he he ain't give you no help off the bench. You're supposed to run the second unit. Like you know, I don't even know if I can if I can uh, blame Montrez for his performance. Lou's supposed to be setting him up, man. Lou's supposed to be playing right so he can eat. You know, so so Montrez, you in there? Lou, um, PG, we already know who you are. You know, you know what your deal is. And then you got, and then you got Kawhi, who seemingly played as good as I would expect, but not as good as others would expect. He had a couple of games where he had some lulls. You know what? Specifically, nah, I'm not gonna let him off that easy. He's had some bad fourth quarters in these games, Mark. Bad, bad, bad fourth quarters. Which is the reason why they keep being up by double digits and getting and having Denver come back and beat them. Well, it's because in game of these seven, they was quarters. they wasn't up by no double digits. They was oh no no game seven they just got washed. Like how do you not show up for game seven though? Like these dudes from top to bottom, like it it, it would be it would be a lot easier. You know, it wouldn't even hurt my feelings as much if we could just blame it on PG or if we could just blame it on one person's performance. And I'm like, yo, every every single aspect of the game, y'all failed. Y'all failed to play defense on Jokic. Y'all failed. Y'all failed to to score. I, I don't. I, their point totals dropped tremendously in this series. You know, compared to you know th- through the season and in the previous series. Doc Rivers, I promise you, I promise you, this man didn't coach this entire series. I promise you that. I don't know what Doc Rivers been doing, but he ain't been coaching, not even all season, but that's a whole nother topic. But you know what I mean? Like every aspect of the game is the, they failed at. And that's the reason why they sitting there at home. Yeah. You absolutely right. Well, they not at home yet. I don't think, I think they on a plane somewhere on a way home. And Doug, and they like, in route. They, they, they in route to home right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nah, like man. they ain't made it yet. And like, and, but I find it, I found it interesting that all of a sudden, like now that you niggas lost, all of a sudden it's all these, uh, all the stuff coming out about you guys' chemistry. Oh, the chemistry. We never had chemistry, this, that, and the third. Why does it take, why was there not a peep or whisper this entire time that y'all was moving this way, but not. But now that y'all lost, it's all these questions about chemistry. Nobody said yeah. shit about chemistry when you was up 3-1. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know what, Mark? Mark, this is my problem with this chemistry talk. Nah, man. When when y'all had a, y'all, when y'all had a chance to speak up about Kawhi, low, his load management, 
his ridiculous load management throughout the season. Y'all shut the hell up. You know why? Because y'all thought, you know what? It don't matter. Y'all thought this is how we're going to win. Y'all, y'all was all bought in on the shit, right? Y'all always about it. Y'all didn't. I could see. Everybody else could see. There was games where y'all showed out and y'all looked like y'all was supposed to during the regular season. I'm talking about. And then there was games where y'all just lost to teams that y'all shouldn't have lost. Like y'all would go out and beat up on the Lakers and then go out and lose to like OKC or or like Sacramento Kings or some shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, you guys shouldn't be losing to the teams that y'all losing to. Okay, so chemistry had yes, chemistry was a problem, but it had been a problem all year when y'all had a chance to speak up or be be vocal because i'm i'm gonna i'm going to believe that nobody in that locker room said anything to doc rivers or Kawhi leonard about chemistry i'm sure nobody said anything to anybody about the chemistry and how you know you know how it seemingly seemed like paul george came back and that's when Kawhi decided he wanted to start taking his days off like yes paul george's first two games back Kawhi didn't even play like if, if chemistry was so fucking important, then y'all would have made a big deal about it or y'all would have voiced those opinions to the coach. But if, 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 either way, Doc Rivers, I definitely don't want to hear anything from him because he orchestrated this whole shit. He could have solved that. He could, like, the rotations, they never, they went through the entire season and didn't have a solid rotation. Right. They didn't have a solid, like, plan for the rotations. Mm. Guess what? Guess what, Mark? You know a team that that did that did the same thing, didn't have a solid plan for the rotations, kept experimenting and tweaking shit. You know, there was a team last year called the Los Angeles Lakers that did the same thing, and you see where they ended up outside the playoffs. Well, I mean, they ended they, up they had outside in the playoffs for more than just rotation issues. But. Yes, but what I'm saying is, they tinkered with their lineup the entire time. A couple injuries happened. Even by the time they all came back together after the injuries, they looked worse when they were all there than compared to when they were all gone. Because, you know, like I said, I mean, Ty Lue had like 25 different lineups over like 40 games. It was it was ridiculous. Okay. I hear you. I'm saying I said Ty. Yeah. But, but, you, but not Ty Lue. <laughs> was it? That wasn't their coach, was it? No. I don't, I don't know why I said Ty Lue. But I but I don't know. I really do. <laughs> like I don't. I don't. I forget who they coach was. And, nah, man. But, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't fucking right matter. Now. It doesn't matter. But that's what I'm saying is, it's very important if you're gonna try to assemble a team and win overnight. It's very important that you get that shit figured out during a regular season. Y'all was dilly dallying with the shit, and that's why. That's why y'all here. I don't want to hear nothing about chemistry, though. They said the reports was in the fourth quarter. Every fourth quarter, they was they was begging, they was begging Doc Rivers to bench him. In Game Seven, they was begging Doc Rivers for breathers in the fourth quarter. Why? Well, why is their condition is so off? Well, because listen. Doc Doc ain't giving his starters minutes. They all they all sharing thirty minutes a game. They doing like just everything about the way that they carried themselves during the regular season has led up to this. Well, listen, I always. I've always had a problem with uh, players, um, or at least starters, not giving you at least 38 minutes um, when it comes to the playoffs. Like, yo, if you're not giving me at least 38, like, what the fuck are you doing during the regular season? Like, the playoffs is important. Like, unless y'all rolling the team over, 
y'all have to have major minutes put in. But look, man. Um, but honestly, like I think a lot of this comes comes down to individual effort. A lot of this comes down to uh, certain people not knowing when to shut the fuck up. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speak in, on it. Speaking particularly, Pat Bev, you shouldn't shut the fuck up. You've been talking crazy. Like, yo, this is what kills me about the Clippers, man. And this is why I have a problem with Bev, dog. Like, all ever since the bubble started, Bev been showing his ass. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's been showing his ass before the season, like, during the regular season, too. But, like, in the bubble, he was really showing his ass. Like, I've, and we spoke about it before a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, we did. So, I'm not going to get too crazy into it. But, like, you know, the jumping up and down, laughing at people, missing free throw shots. You know what I mean? You talking shit about players um, that you not even guarding and couldn't guard on your best day. And then you calling motherfuckers. Now, in this particular series, you calling people soft. You calling Jokic and, um, and Murray soft. Well, hey, are they still soft? <laughs> you still think they soft, dog? Because uh, shoot, <laughs> I'm about to well, say I mean, some they... real. I'm about to say some real pause worthy shit. <laughs> so, hey like, man, but nah, like, nah, they, they nah don't up, even take it there. <laughs> they, don't even take they it there. Up, they look the opposite of soft now, dog. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's it. Look, man. yo, they look the look, oh. <laughs> they look the opposite of soft now, don't they? Huh? I, yeah, I bet yeah, you say it. you singing a totally different tune now, huh, Pat? Like, Man. yo, like these dudes rolled you, Mister Second, Mister Second Team Defense. They rolled you. Why was Murray sco- scoring all over you, Doug? Why was Murray doing this yeah. shit to you? You second team all defense. Yo. Like, what are you doing out there, bro? Like in Game Six, you gave them two points, and you could only put in eighteen minutes because your dumbass fouled out. Like. What's going on? <laughs> like, what's Yo, going on? I, w- I want to speak real quick to something that you said. You said individual efforts. That seemed to be the problem that I saw with this team was there was a whole bunch of individual efforts, not yeah. enough team basketball. That's fair. Not enough for a for a team full of individual for for a team full of defenders that are individually great. I find it really interesting that Doc Rivers couldn't put together some type of a defensive scheme. Like, look, man, either either you're putting together a scheme to where they all work together and they just play lockdown defense, or you maximize their potential as individual and defenders, and you do shit like, hey, fine, nobody else can guard Jokic, put Kawhi on them. I don't know. You, you got all these so-called elite defenders on your team, but you still can't manage to stop one guy from beating you. Right, it's it's not like the let me put this. It's not like the Nuggets was out here dropping one fifty like they was in the first round. You know what I'm saying? But Jokic is still averaging what twenty six and twelve, twenty six and fourteen, whatever the hell he was averaging this series, like twenty six thirty, whatever, whatever, man. Like he was still just doing whatever the hell he wanted to, whenever he wanted to, however he wanted to, you know. So I mean, I just I just don't get it, man. I I felt like when I was watching these games. It's a bunch of individuals out there playing, right? So, yeah, man, like a hundred percent. Because you look at Game Six in particular, you had Lou Will that gave you fourteen, Kawhi gave you uh, 
twenty something and PG actually had one of his good games. He had fe- He's only good for two in the series, Mark. <laughs> he He's only you, good for two. He gave you thirty three <laughs> points. And but you look at the rest of the squad, it was like two points, five points, two, four, zero, like and like it was all over the place. And it was like, okay, but- so they these guys these guys did their job and the rest of you just was out there running around doing sh- jack shit. See, and then you go to game seven, and the rest of you guys, you guys show up, but your stars don't. Kawhi and PG in particular are complete ass. I think, what were they like? To They were combined like 10 to 48 or some shit like that? Like, they were yes, like 20%? Um, yeah, so let me put it this way, because um, I think Kawhi was 6 of 22, and PG was four of sixteen. Yeah, so so that's what thirty eight. That's ten of thirty eight. So with that said, they both combined. They both scored zero points in the fourth quarter. Mm. They scored. They combined to score five points in the second half of that game. Mm. How do you combine to score five points in the second half of the game? Like this shit is unacceptable, Mark. This shit is beyond unacceptable. Like. Like, I don't understand how this is even possible. You know, five points, Mark. And it's not like they wasn't taking shots. They was taking shots. Right. <laughs> they was taking shots. They just weren't, they just wasn't hitting nothing. Like, and, and, and this is, my, and, and this is, this is the reason why teams, teams will, when they get into the playoffs, they, they drop down from whatever rotation they had. They drop down to, they try to get it down to, eight player maximum an eight player maximum rotation because they're like we need our stars to play as many minutes as they possibly can because this is the playoffs you know what i'm saying we can't have them sitting on the bench and then you know us you know you know losing you know uh gap goal from 10 points to two points in a, in a three and a half minute span we can't have these guys just sitting on the bench all the time you know i just looked i looked it up earlier um pg was getting 29 minutes per game during a regular season. Kawhi was getting 32 minutes a game during a regular season. Mm. Now when the playoffs comes and you're like, okay, we're going to do our big rotation. Everybody's getting their minutes. And then you run into the problem of Lou will. Cause I think that is like probably the biggest thing. Like if you expecting 20 points from Lou will 15 to 20 points a game from Lou will, and he's giving you eight. Now it's like, okay, now we have to play PG, we have to play Kawhi extra minutes because you're not you were able to get that rest because Lou Lou Will and uh Lou Will and um Montrez Harrell were, were covering. Right. But now they're not. So now you have to go into a you have to go you should be able to move into a rotation to where it's like, okay, we're gonna cut down their minutes and we're just gonna play the hell out of Kawhi and PG, but you can't. You know why? Because these fools ain't conditioned, because y'all y'all gave them minimum amount of minutes all year, and then on top of that you know, you got Kawhi playing. It felt like what felt like every fourth game. I'm, I know I'm exaggerating, but come on, man. Like this shit. Like when when they said reports came out and these fools were begging for for breathers in the fourth quarter of a game seven. Like sit me down, game seven. Mark, come on, dog. Come on, man. Come yeah, on, man. You right. got to be willing to play 48 minutes. You got to be conditioned and willing to play 48 minutes if you are the superstar on that team. Well, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you, sir. Like, 
people begging to sit down. Like I didn't see that report, so I can't really speak on it. I'm saying begging. They said they were short of breath. Said, "Hey, man, just give me a breather." Like this is happening in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Denver just played in some of the like one of the craziest seven game series that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, which they should have been spent. You know, going yeah. into this Clippers series, they should have been wasted more energy than the Clippers had. Clippers, Clippers should have been more rested. Why is it that now they're in another game? They're in another game seven, but somehow they got stamina and you don't. Mark, here's a question for this Clippers team: mm-hmm. Who is the leader of the team? Um, like who's? And when I say that, who's actually doing the things that a leader does? Who well, does that for the for the Clippers? Well. Kawhi is the leader. Um, mm, let me put my I, leader. Please put the air quotes. Uh, yeah. Please. Uh, Kawhi is the quote unquote leader of this team, um, um, and he's. But the difference is that he's more of a lead by example type of dude. Um, like whereas he's not so much a like let me rally you guys together and pull you and pull you up. Um, but type of guy, but he's more so like this is how I do things. See my example. Right, well, so, well, I'll be honest with you, man. I honestly think he gets too much credit for being the lead by example guy. But that's but, but and the reason why I say that is because it's dip, what he does is he just does what he does, okay. right? Kobe, who's who you could say Kobe was a lead by example guy. But Kobe, what he did was, hey, if you're going to beat me to the gym today, then I'm going to beat you to the gym tomorrow. Right. Like, he didn't have to say nothing. He, he's just doing it in your face well, so that no, you're, no, you're, no, you no. take note. No, like, no, hey, no. Stop, 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 stop. I'm not going to let you sit here and worship at the teat of Kobe talking about he was so I'm not worshiping at the teat. Look, like, I'm, no, sorry, no, I'm listen, saying. Listen, God rest Kobe's soul. I love that man like and everything. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that this dude that that worked off of Jordan's example was a leader. That's- like hey, no, but I'm, that's not what he what. That's not what he, like he. My, my, Mark, Mark, what I'm what I'm not gonna let you do is sit here and tell me that Kawhi is leading by example when this motherfucker don't even show up to practice in games for half the season. Okay. Is that leading by example, Mark? Nah, you're right. Kawhi just you're out right. here doing you're whatever fair. the fuck he want to do, fair. man. Fair. That's fair, what I'm saying. Fair. I'm not saying that Kobe's. I'm not saying Kobe's a great was a great leader. I'm not saying that. You know how I feel about Kobe as a leader. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is. Kobe did more leading by example than Kawhi did than, than Kawhi does. And that's saying a lot. That's a big indictment on Kawhi. That's the way I see Kawhi. But people just give him that because whenever somebody's quiet, right, and they and they're the best player on the team, they just automatically give him that title of being a, a being a lead by example guy. Like they said that about Tim Duncan for so long, but if you ever watch behind the scenes shit with Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is speaking in a locker room. Right. He's he's talking to them cats in the locker room. He, it's not it's never on display for the TV cameras and out on the court. On the court, Tim Duncan led, led by example. But outside of that, he was still a leader. That's him. You know what I'm saying? My problem is Kawhi. You could say that he's leading by example on the court. I'll accept that. But what he does off the court is not leading by example. That's but this is the reason why I brought this up because the 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 vocal the vocal leader of this team is fucking Pat Bev and 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 you already talked about what Pat Bev is doing. 
he's out he's out there giving people he's he's out there setting up Montrez Harold to right. get abused. He out there being the energizer bunny, putting <laughs> batteries in niggas' backs you, you, and giving you know them all the, and giving them all the juice <laughs> to fucking run rampant on his ass. Like this Yo. But look This man. this team had enough talent that I thought they would be able to overcome all of these things that I thought were issues. Right. I didn't care about none of this shit because I thought they had the talent and the talent was shine. I mean, I'm sure Doc Rivers thought he could kick his feet up and not coach because he had PG and Kawhi. Little did he know that PG was going to be playoff P the entire fucking, you know what I'm saying, the entire fucking playoffs. Right. You know, I mean, maybe he should have known, but I'm just saying, like, this wasn't the this wasn't the Paul George he was expecting. He definitely wasn't expecting Kawhi to go out Why on a six and twenty-two game. Why was he expecting Paul George? Like this has always been Paul. I'm George. telling you like, that it seems like everybody got onto the bandwagon now, but this has always been. It's, yeah, exactly everybody's late to the party. From. Everybody late to the party, but this this is who we this is who we know PG to be. No, right? no, no, no. What? You're not going to do that neither. Now what? What? No. Because you was talking like yo. I had to I had to straighten you out earlier that like episodes and episodes ago when you was defending oh. PG. Like so no we're not doing this. Dog. Like yo I defended him one time. That was one, one time, time too many. That's one time too many. That's one time. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what I'm saying is Pete Pete, like I told I have said this before, I said it before I'll say it again. PG ain't been the same since since that Eastern Conference Finals versus LeBron, that second time, he ain't been the same since then. He changed his number to thirteen, all that shit. He ain't been the same since then. He ain't been the do- he ain't been the dog that he was back then. You know, when 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 Roy Hibbert was no longer there, when he was dealing with his injuries, and then he was no longer on the team, that was it, dog. When 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 um when West when David West left, he was not the same guy. Like when the team became his in Indiana, he was not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. You know all what I'm saying? That's exactly what happened, man. He ain't been the same since then. I don't know what PG they've been watching for the past eight years, but this is the guy. This is the same guy for the past eight years, man. Yeah, I feel you. Um, like, I feel like we said a lot, but somehow said absolutely nothing at all. And, <laughs> like, but you know, you 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 want to you want to be done with this shit, man? Because we, I yeah, mean, like, oh, like, I, yo, this I, team, like this team is like, listen, man, the Clippers, they are. They were not who we thought they were. Uh, like, Definitely let's, not. Let's just let's, let's just leave it at that. I man. thought at the very, you know what, Mark? Uh, this is my last. This is my final take on that. At the very least, Mark, I expected them to play solid defense, and I expected them to, if they were going to lose, that they would go out on the sword. Yeah, man. And neither of those things happened. What do you expect from Pandemic P, man? Like. Like so, so look, man. What I expect is dogs like Montrez Harrell, Kawhi Leonard, you know, Lou Williams. I expected them to play to the bitter end. I expect, I expect. I mean, I guess Paul George sitting at the end of the bench, staring off into space like he don't give a shit that they down fifteen with two minutes left. I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I guess I kind of expected that. I told you, I told you that man don't care, right? I told you that well, man do not care when I said he 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 went into that interview afterwards and said I'll do the same goddamn thing over again. I don't care what anybody says. It was a bad shot. That man do not care about improving his game. He don't care about nah, man. Like this is exactly who he is sitting on the bench, staring off into space with Kawhi looking at him crazy. Well, no, that's a 
listen, that's a perfect example. Like, with anybody that says, I don't care, that was a bad shot. Like, dog, no, it might have been a bad shot, but it was also terrible defense given the situation. Talking about last year's Game 7 OKC versus the Trailblazers, in which um, Dame shot that long three and killed the and killed OKC. So, um, actually, I'm not even sure if that was Game Seven, but it was the it final, was like it was, it was Game final, Six or Game Seven. It was the elimination game. That's yeah, all it was. The it was an elimination game. game. Come on, man! Yeah. Like so, it was the elimination uh, game for OKC. That's for fact. Disgusting. But um, look, man, let's get out of here on that one. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm done. Because we're going to talk about, we're going to go from one team not showing up, and we're going to talk about the other team that did show up, and we're going to talk about a leader that actually is a leader on the court. Let's take it to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, game one of the series, Boston versus Miami Heat, in which this game went into overtime, and the Heat pulled it out by an amazing play. By Bam Adebayo. But before I get to that, I want to just talk about, um, particularly what I want to talk about is Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy Butler in this was the lead, was the leader, and he has been all season. Like, there's, there's plays in particular, specifically in overtime, where they are transitioning up the court. And you see, and you see Jimmy pointing to his guys like, "Yo, you over there, you take him, you here." Like, you know what I mean? He is being, he's be, he's being the quarterback of defense. Being a general out there, man. Yeah, like he's being the general of his defense out there on the court, making sure everybody has their assignments. And in that overtime, man. Those guys, those guys were dogs. They was playing exactly with the way that they should have, and like, and it showed up. Jimmy hitting the late killer shot, um, in overtime. Like that's how that's how it's supposed to be. Like, look, because sometimes Jimmy doesn't show up, but like when you need him to, he's going to hit. He's there. He's there. Like you know what I mean. He's there. You know what I'm saying. Um, and then. Taking it to Bam, like that was easily, easily the most amazing block I've ever seen in my life, man. <laughs> like that was like that was the easily the most amazing block I've ever seen in my life. The fact that you have Jason Tatum coming, like it wasn't no lackadaisical dunk. Like this was full head of steam, tomahawk dunk with his right with his right arm. And Bam jumps up, comes out of nowhere. Like, he, like in fact, when he did it, I was like, is this the position you want to do that? Like, because that's going to be a foul. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, yes. And, like, basically, he did the wrong move perfectly. Like, like in a situation, because mo- anybody else was to do that, that was just going to be a foul. And they was about to be a poster. But somehow, this dude's hand gets underneath the ball, and his wrist goes all the way back almost into the basket. And, like, it looked like it should have been broken. And somehow, 
and somehow he knocks the ball into the air and Jason Tatum is laying on the ground. Like, that's... Like, Doug, there's nobody... There will never be a block that I will see that would be better than that. Like, never. But And this is... this is Look, especially if you're just talking about the block itself in this spot. Like, mm-hmm. this is an overtime game. Game one where... Let's keep it a buck, man. It, usually game ones are like whatever... But mm-hmm. you got two teams that are, I believe, that are very hungry. Two teams that you kind of don't want either one to get, you know, get get uh, momentum going. So this game one I thought was very important, you know. And then to, to, to think that they were down early in this game, you know. So, like, everything about this game, like, they fought. I mean, it was still a 10-point game. It was down 10 with, like, a minute and a half left or something close to like that. It was, like, two minutes left. I remember it was like it was like the game was basically supposed to be over, and they came back. You know, they, they pushed hard at the end to get it to go to overtime. So, like, I mean, we're talking about you're not going to have a tougher spot in an overtime game, and there's five seconds left. And somebody's trying to get a, a game-winning dunk, like, <laughs> like <laughs> seemingly looking like he's about to get the game-winning dunk. Like, that's that's tough, man. And then the block, man, he got his whole hand on that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still looked like, like you said, you, if you watch a slow motion replay, his hand is his hand is getting bent back. Like, trust me, man. As somebody that has tried to block people's shots or layups or dunks, like you get up there and you're like, oh shit, I thought he was laying up. He's gonna dunk it, like. You don't want to put your hand between the ball and the rim, like that's just terrifying, man. Like, like right. the first time you have the first time you have your hand smashed on the rim, that'll be the last time you go up when somebody's dunking like that. That's it. That's it. Like you're done. Like yeah. so, I'm telling you, man. Like, like that shit was. It, not only was it like, I, I say it's just ballsy, man. Like you know, like you said, like you you should like most people would be afraid to foul. Yeah, like you know, and not just it's, afraid, it's crazy. but in most situations, that is they a, might they would have fouled. Yeah, like even if you had jumped up, you're going to foul him. Like yeah, the, so like somehow, and like it wasn't like he was already in position either. Like he ran over to that spot. Like that's what that's what really amazes me about that but, is that like it's more possible if you were already standing there. And just had to jump up for it, but like no, yeah. he ran to it. I don't know if you could have gotten a cleaner block than that. I I don't know if I've seen a cleaner block than that on a dunk. Like I don't know, man. Like uh, that shit is crazy, man. Like I will say that that was that was amazing, but t- but speaking to what you're talking about, it felt like Jimmy Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul, man of that squad and I felt like they already were kind of birds of a feather like that that team was already right play already played with this type of mindset if anybody paid attention to how this team how some of these players that were coming back from the you know from a year ago playing with D-Wade and all that stuff if you've seen the way they played before then you would understand um but um he fit the mold. So he shows up and he's like okay we still gonna do it but we just gonna do it times two it feels like he never let that team quit. That team never wanted to quit. Right. <laughs> Unlike the Clippers, <laughs> who looked like they was done. But uh, you know, they 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 played to the bitter end and it felt like if you look in the eyes, man, you could tell that in their mind there wasn't a there wasn't a point during the game that they didn't think that they still had a chance to win. No. Like 
Yeah, man. It, uh, it, it's I, crazy. I, I even coming down to the like even going down to the last shot, bro. Uh, the fact that they got that pass off, and Jason Tatum was the person to come down with it. And he had to gather himself and somehow gathered himself, shot the three and still hit rim. Like, like even though it was a miss, I, just, I thought that was incredible. I was like, the fact that he hit the rim in that situation all before the clock was out. And it was like only 3.2 seconds left on the clock. And yeah. it was that crazy transition in less than uh, four seconds. I was I was amazed by that. Like these were people that wanted it. Unlike unlike the Clippers. Oof, man. So Oh, and go ahead. I hate to bounce back to the Clippers, but there was a point that I wanted to make. Media. Big media folks. Y'all gassed y'all gassed the championship last year with Kawhi. Y'all gassed and and, and I love Kawhi, man. I hate the fact that y'all try to gas everything just to be in opposition of LeBron James. Yeah, I feel like people gas LeBron James accomplishments too much. But damn, y'all don't gotta go and gas y'all don't gotta go and gas up Kawhi shit just to just to combat it, right? And then to me it's like so you put all this weight on him, you know, saying that he's already the guy, you know, everybody's saying he's the best player in the best player in the league after he won the championship mm-hmm. and that's it, you know. But if you would have asked him a month prior when they was staring down the barrel of elimination from the 76ers, they wasn't saying that. But <laughs> but right. now once again, now once again, what I don't want to see, I do not want to see these media folks on Kawhi. I mean, maybe I do want to see them give Kawhi, you know, like, hey man, some criticism, but Nah, man. Y'all said he was this guy that he wasn't. Y'all said he wasn't. Game seven, he gonna have to eat that. Everything else, he played exactly. Me and Mark, we, we talked about this. He played exactly the way he he, he plays. Um, but but the reason why I'm bringing up the media, I'm gonna tie it back into this Miami series. Y'all know, y'all was not bigging up Jimmy Butler, not even a year ago. Y'all was not bigging up. Y'all was not big enough. Y'all was even trying to insinuate that Jimmy Butler should be the one on the Sixers to 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 back down, to back off a little bit. You know, y'all said he was a cancer in the locker room with the T Wolves. Y'all said he was a can. Y'all said he was kind of you know he had an issue with in Chicago. Y'all said y'all 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 put a lot of blame on this dude Jimmy Butler. A lot of blame. A lot of blame where it didn't belong. Everybody everybody in the world knows Cat is soft, man. You know, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is soft. You know that team was soft. You know, Anthony Wiggins ain't. I mean, Andrew Wiggins wasn't living up to what he was supposed to be. He was on him about it. So right. because he he's a fan of accountability, right? And he's the type of person that even if the coach is not going to hold these guys accountable, he's going to hold them accountable. You got everybody else becomes because everybody else became enablers. Now it's Jimmy's fault. Guess what? Didn't work it didn't work with the Sixers, right? Didn't work with the T Wolves. He goes to a team that actually doesn't mind being held accountable, that actually wants to be better, that actually wants to win. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That actually cares about that shit. And guess what? You you haven't heard one peep out of that locker room about any players that are disgruntled about the way that Jimmy Butler handles himself. No. Not one. No, you haven't heard any of that stuff, man. You, you and look what the result is. You're absolutely right, man. I do not want to see the media come out and give Jimmy Butler 
Um, I, if if y'all gonna give him praise, give him praise, but also say that y'all was wrong because a lot of y'all, a lot of them out there was was dragging him in, when he was playing with the T Wolves. Yeah, um, that's that is like those type of memories is why um, I compared him uh, to the player I compared him to in football because like it's just like a situation in which he was being hated on throughout his career in a lot of places and that's why that comparison happened uh not um for any other reason than that um yeah but um moving on from that we can talk about the uh team the other teams that were eliminated um Houston they lost to um Houston lost to the Lakers their season is over um and in this game in that last game like it's nothing to really say my favorite player has let me down he was he was dog shit um in the game 7 yes he was <laughs> <laughs> like like i mean there's just there's really nothing to say there besides the fact that he was dog shit it's a game 7 they needed you to perform and you gave your best pg performance uh, mm. <laughs> that you could possibly give. Mm. So um, I don't know what else to say there, but um, in this game, Harden decides to play, but in game six, he decided to take the night off. So I don't like. It's just it's confusing when you have when you're working with a guy that purpose almost purposefully turns it off and then turns it on um because mm, purposefully <laughs> that's what we doing now huh listen okay. listen if you if people want to hold heart into this high regard that they hold them to then i'm going to say that this is then to a degree when he has the nights like that he had in game six it it must be purposeful you doing this shit on purpose. You're doing this stuff on, and certain stuff you definitely are doing on purpose. Like when the ball's not in your hand and you're standing still, that's on purpose. You missing a shot, yeah, okay, that's not purposeful. But you standing around and having zero off the ball movement, that's purposeful. That's like you're doing that on purpose. In fact, you did it to Chris Paul on purpose to See, prove I a point. I knew you was going to bring up the Chris Paul shit. <laughs> like you, you, did hey, it, you did it to Chris Paul to prove a point. And like, the, he literally and, was standing out there with his hands on his hips. Like, oh, my, oh, okay, we just, we're not even trying to hide it, huh? You're going to let him know for real, okay? Like, Doug, I wouldn't have been mad if Chris Paul stopped mid-game and punched him in the face. Like, I wouldn't have been mad. I would have been like, you deserve that, dog. Like whether you like me or not, we trying to win the game right now. Nah, I mean, if if it's Chris Paul, you know, it's more his style to go through a trap door within the uh, within the <laughs> arena and sneak up on you in the locker room. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but but I get the point. I get the picture though. You know. <laughs> yeah. But like, we're not talking about last year's Houston. We're talking about this year's Houston. And somehow this year's Houston looks just like last year's Houston. Like they it almost ends the same way. And when are we going to talk about um yo, maybe Dan Tony's style of play 
what he wants to do. It's cute for the regular season. And it puts up a lot of numbers in the regular season. But it just doesn't work. Or at least he doesn't. He is trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Because you you just don't have the personnel, the proper personnel, to pull off what you're looking for. Well, well, Mark, well, think about I'll, – I'll even get into this right quick. Um, when you play in the regular season, right, you're not playing – you're playing everybody, basically. You're playing all mm-hmm. the teams. Um, it might be – you might go three weeks, three to four weeks – before you have to deal with somebody like an AD or a Jokic, right? Yeah. As far as a big man that can ball, like um, you you might have you might go along in long stretches without having to deal with that. So it looks good in the regular season. What happens when you've gone? You're used to happening once every other month, and then you get to the playoffs, and now you got to do it for seven games straight. Right. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's Love a it. like if you don't have a game plan for what you're gonna do, like. Like, cause this is the thing. There's absolutely nothing. I would have walked in there and been like, "Look, there's absolutely no way we can stop AD. We don't have anybody to guard LeBron. Let's just let's just get that shit out there and open. We don't have anybody for them to. So you know what our game plan has to be? Make sure we make make sure these mother make sure these dudes are shooting two pointers. <laughs> make sure we're slowing them down by fouling them." If you if you if we want to clog the lane, but we want to we want to encourage these guys to take the shots. We don't what we don't want is guys standing on the outside hitting threes, hitting open threes. You you just got to funnel the offense through two guys. I want it to be a close game with with AD and LeBron scoring seventy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want them to score seventy five percent of the team's points. That's what I want. You know, but 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 you got to come up with some type of a game plan some type of a scheme defensively that does not involve trying to defend them straight up. And then you have to, on the backside, you have to figure out how you're going to make this small lineup or whatever lineup you want score more efficiently than the Lakers because they're going to be scoring efficiently because you have nobody to guard AD and LeBron. It's just like they made it very clear that they were going to average, they were going to shoot 60% combined for the entire series. They made it very clear after the first two games. So that's what I'm saying. It's like you. It's like for, but all that shit that I'm saying, they had no game plan for that. They never had to during a regular season. Ah, so we played the Lakers a couple times. Eh, you know, like they're not. It's like they they see it happen in a regular season. Like oh, we're not we're not worried about that. But like, like, listen, man, I like what you're saying is all well and good, but and and maybe this is to your point or not. But like, what about like? The fact that AD is who he is or whatever, but that wasn't even really the problem. The problem was when Rajon Rondo came back, you had no answers for this man. Like, Rajon Rondo was balling like he was 25 again. Like, what the fuck was going on with y'all? Like, why this dude, why was y'all allowing him to do the same shit that he did last year? And, like, and in fact, this made me question. This made me question Russ a little bit, the fact that Rondo got off like that. Like, because I always appreciated Russ' defense, but, like, I do know of players that have gotten off on him. Like, Steph Curry has Steph Curry has gotten off on him ritualistically. And now you're Dang. adding... 
And now you and Dane has gotten off on them ritualistically. Now you're adding Rajan Rondo to the list. Like, like, come the fuck on, bro. Hey, man, hey, man, I'm not. You're not going to disrespect Razor, like, Razor Rondo. You're not going to disrespect my man Rondo like no, that. Like, okay, no, fine. You know. But, 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 but you're right. Like, with, with, with your level of athleticism, right? With your tenacity, all that shit, you Russ Westbrook. You should be able to stop. You should be able to stop Rondo. You tell me that Rondo ain't 30, whatever years old, and you can't stop him. That's not, that shouldn't be happening, bro. Yeah. Rondo's too old. He's too he's too much of a non offensive he's not he's too much of a non He's too much of a facilitator for you to he's allow too, that. Everything, everything. Like you you oh my god. Like you're right though. So like to me, Mark, look, man, this is what I'll say. Um at this point, is it fair to say that Russ Russell Westbrook and defense shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence? Um Listen, I honestly, <laughs> I know you don't want to say it, Mark, but I'm saying it because this. What I'm saying is, I can't ignore the the past. I don't even know how many years of him just getting cooked by point guards. Granted, these are these are probably the the who's who's of the of the point guards in the league. But let's keep it a buck, man. He gets cooked way too consistently. Chris Paul is still out here playing defense. You. Rondo is still playing defense. You mean to tell me, as young as you are, as athletic as you are, you can't play defense, bro? All right. It's unexcusable at this point to me, Mark. That's the way I feel about it. I, I Listen, um, that's still my guy. So How about this one? How about this one? If you're going to go out there and jack up a bunch of unnecessary uh, three-pointers and miss a bunch of shots and shoot super inefficiently, you better at least go back and play defense. At least, at least, at least, uh, Harden at least showed us that. Well, he ain't show us that in this series, but oh, maybe not this one. But but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I've at least seen one. I've seen one game where Harden has done it. I haven't seen any games where Russ has done it. Yes, sir. Um, when was the last time you seen Russ play defense like that? Like 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 uh, Harden did in that fourth quarter. Well, maybe maybe Russ wasn't a hundred percent. Dog, like, man. Yo, nah, nah, yo, nah, nah, I'm nah. Throw, I'm, throwing, I'm, throwing him, I'm throwing my man <laughs> nah, the nah. rap. Like I'm throwing <laughs> nah, my man, nah. the, like I'm throwing my man a lifesaver. Like yo, Dog. he got like yo, he need that. He need that. Like, hey, yo, he just came <laughs> back from he just came back from his quad being all messed up. Like what are we talking Dog. about? Dog, he got a tear in his quad. Maybe he can't. Do- Apparently that don't that don't stop his the amount of shot attempts he takes. Hey, look, man. Look, I don't, Mark. I'm trying to, look, yo, man. No, yo, he wasn't not jack- gonna let. His- he wasn't jacking up shots. He just wasn't making them. No, he wasn't. He, oh, excuse me. He wasn't taking his normal thirty to thirty-five to forty-five or whatever he takes. Yeah, you're right. But um, what I'm saying is to shoot jump shots, Mark. That takes legs, and if there was something wrong with his legs, then maybe you know if it, it, it does it just not work. His legs don't work on defense, but then they work when he wants to take a jumper jumper that he shouldn't be taking. I, I don't know, Mark. I don't know. You know what? I'm not gonna ride. I'm not gonna get on him too hard. I'm not gonna get on him too hard. But, but th- I'll leave it at that. All I'm gonna say is, Russ. I believe he is who he is, man. I believe he is who he is, and I don't. I haven't seen. We, we want to talk about growth, right? We've seen a little spark of growth in his game once KD left, for those two years where he averaged a triple double. Was that spark? 
because he just wanted to be a better team player? Or was that spark because he wanted to average a triple-double and do that? Like, I feel like it's a valid question at this point from what we see it because if he had – if he – if it looks like he applied himself for a very brief moment in time and, and the sky was the limit. And then now it's just like – Look, man, I, I did what I'm, I did what I wanted to do because I feel like if Russ Westbrook decided today I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a top three defensive point guard in the league. There's no reason why he wouldn't be able to do it considering his athletic ability. Now people people question his people question his basketball IQ. I'm not going to do that. But guess what? That is not. I mean, it's not required to put forth effort on defense. No. Yeah. Listen. I feel as though like he the questions about his IQ made like at some time at points feels as though it's deserved um because yeah because it's like he puts himself into these situations and he just goes 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 and then he doesn't have an exit strategy or a plan B. Like it's, it's like, no plan A is going to work or it's nothing else. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Or plan, I got plan B, A and B. There is no C like, and, or sometimes he's like, I got no plan at all. I'm just going to go and see what happens. But like, and that's what it feels like. At least that's what it has felt like as of late, um, particularly last year and this year. My so, I feel like that's who he's been though. When it like he might not play like that throughout the first three quarters of the game, but in fourth quarters, that's who he is. And, and this is what I'll say: I don't think I don't question his his basketball IQ, which makes it even worse because I think he knows better and he just does the shit anyway. Yeah, that's what I believe. I, I, I'm not saying his basketball IQ is going to be up there with somebody like Rondo or Chris Paul, but I'm telling you. The shit that he's done, that the shit that he does, he's smarter than that, and he just chooses not to. He just chooses to do whatever he wants to. That's what I feel. But um, my last point is going to be this, Mark. This is the problem I had with the series. These are the these are the Houston Rockets point totals: one twelve, one o nine, one o two, one hundred, and then ninety six. If your game plan is to outscore or just to score at a high enough rate to where even if somebody, even if the other team plays good or even if the other team scores more than they usually score, you're still going to outscore them. That's their game plan. That's the way they play. If you're going to play that way, if that's your game plan, then you have to execute night in and night out. You can't be the Houston Rockets and go an entire series without scoring 120 points. Right. You just, well, you, you, eventually, coach, you got to change something. Well, because there was game. This is including the game where Harden and um, Harden and Russ both scored a combined like 60 points. They still can't break 120. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you know, but. Well, That's it. I'm done. I'm done with the Rockets. Well, look, you talking about Dan Tony is uh, perfect because Dan Tony, um, 
You're absolutely right. Like, what are you doing, man? You know who you have on your team. You have, you know, you have Russ, who's not a shooter, um, and you know you have uh, Harden. Um, and before we get off of that, because I don't want anybody coming at me like, "Yo, what happened to what you were saying before versus what you're saying now?" For the people that somehow miss out on nuance to a conversation. What I was saying before is never am I defending what Russ does wrong. I was only defending him from the standpoint when he does it right and his other teammate does it wrong. You do not give them the same energy that you give Russ. That is well, all. Shoot, they don't even they don't even give Russ praise when he gets it right. Exactly. It's like, they like 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 a game where he gets it right and Harden gets it wrong. They don't give Harden a bad time, a hard time, and then they don't give Russ praise. It's just like that, I guess it's just that just was a game. A game happened. You yeah, know? that was the only point I was ever making. Now moving on, back to Dan Tony. The fact is, you don't have a team of shooters. Like, you don't have a Dame Lillard on your squad. You don't have a Steph Curry. You don't have a Klay Thompson. You don't have a Ray Allen. You don't have these, like, these deadly sharpshooters on your team. But yet, you are playing a game where that requires deadly sharpshooters. Like, you are coaching a yes. game that requires deadly sharpshooters. And there's not a single deadly sharpshooter on your team. Because Harton can shoot, but he's not a deadly sharpshooter. If you look at his games, his scoring comes from him, from his ability to get to the foul line. Like, his, yes. his scoring comes mostly from his ability to get to the foul line. If you look at his... At his shots, oftentimes, not oftentimes, because that was... Often enough. Often enough, correct. Often yeah. enough that you can see that he'll have uh, quite a few games where it's 3 for 12 from 3, 2 for 11 from 3, 1 for 9 from 3, 1 for 8. Like, he has all, like, and you can see it, they're there. He is not a sharpshooter. He's not the guy that should be taking that or should be um, required to take that many threes all the time. But yet you built these teams this way to do that. And you don't have none of those players are on your team are capable of being that guy. So I do not understand what Dan Tony's game plan is there, which takes me right into our next topic, which is um, the rumor mill is that Dan Tony uh, pretty much has, while the Sixer, the 76ers head coaching job is pretty much Mike Dan Tony's job to lose. That is easily, easily. <laughs> the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. How do you just like do the Sixers not learn from a goddamn thing? Like, how do you go from a guy who tried to fit a square peg into a round hole by having a 
these guys shoot a bunch of threes in transition defense or whatever, and you have a bunch of big men to where the fact Al Horford has shot. He's, I think it was something like he has shot as many threes this season that he then he shot like in the last three years of his career or some shit like that. Like you've had this dude just throwing up threes like he's that type of guy. And you have all these guys running around trying to be shooters, but you have a bunch of big men, a bunch of monsters that none of them are playing that way. It because you are forcing them to play a game that's not suited for them. And yet, somehow, the Sixer says, you know what? Let's run it back. But this time, we're going to just change the coach. But it's going to be the same game plan. Because Mike D'Antoni has the same game plan. That was the exact same game plan that he had with Houston. And now, you're going to bring him over here where he has a bunch of, instead of having a small team, he has a bunch of big guys with contracts that you can't get out of and more than likely nobody's <laughs> going to trade for. So yeah. why the fuck did you think that Dan Tony should be the guy that gets the job when only thing that we've ever seen from him is a bunch of losing records or like a bunch of so-so losing. records. You, so, you so, so, losing. So-so. <laughs> So-so records. Like, when I say losing records, I'm talking about it never ended up in a championship or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, But, like, so it's not losing, but they never ended up in a championship. Let me be clear. Um, Yeah. And, but, and a game plan that didn't suit his team, and he still went with it, which is the exact reason why you got rid of the last guy. I, I'm confused as to what they're playing here. <laughs> well, this is this is speaking on um, trying to uh, implement a game plan that doesn't quite suit the team. I feel like he's done that before, maybe with the Lakers or something, maybe in the past. I don't know, but you know, he it's it's his. He's shown that he will not change whatever his game plan is. He will not change it for anything for anybody, personnel, whatever. You know, and and this is my issue. Okay, this two things. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be objective when it comes to the Dan Tony situation with the Sixers because what I see is there's only one person. Are you that suggesting stands, that I wasn't being objective? What I'm saying is there's one. This one thing that you didn't say, Mark. There's one person that stands to benefit from this entire thing. What's that? Ben Simmons. How so? Because Ben Simmons is going to magically start shooting. No, but hey, the game, the name of the game is threes or layups. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if, and if, 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 and you know what Dan Tony's going to do, he's going to put everybody else out there, which means you're going to get exactly what you don't want to see, which is more Al Horford shooting threes. You're going to even see Embiid out there shooting threes. You're going to see, you know, Tobias Harris. Maybe now he can make threes. I don't know. But you, what you're going to, what I would expect to see is the number of shots taken 
when I say shots taken, I'm not talking about actual jumpers, but the number of shots, uh, you know, number of temp attempts for Ben Simmons to go up. I w- you're probably going to see the number of free throw attempts go up as well, just because Ben Simmons is a guy who seemingly can get to the hoop whenever he feels like it. And I feel whoa, like whoa. that part Top of the right there, <laughs> right there. Rewind. What's up? You want to repeat what you just said? Ben Simmons is a guy who can seemingly get to the basket whenever he wants to. Pause. What was that last part? What if what if you got something to say, say it, Mark. All right. Whenever he wants to. That's the point. <laughs> okay, but, but <laughs> that's the point. I, I was going to say, like, are you going to tell me he can't do it whenever he wants? That, okay, no, yeah, you're right. That's you're the right. point. You're right. Whenever but, he but, wants to. When has he ever showed you that he wants to? He, man, he don't, I don't He look, don't man. show you that he wants to All do I'm saying is Mike outside of what he already does. So Mike D'Antoni, what? I don't know. I just ex- I expect Mike D'Antoni to show up and give Ben Simmons the keys to the whip. You know what I mean? Now, now, with that said, you, you know, think, keys to you the offense. You give him a Hoosier uh, speech, and now all of a sudden this motherfucker going to go out there I'm and start not, playing, playing a different type of game? Like, no, this dog. dude don't shoot. He don't – he like, yo, he'll do it if he feels like it. This is my he's thing, not, yo. He's not going to feel he, like if it. He, if Dan – so you told me if Dan Tony just come over there and be like, look, man, this is your vehicle. You don't got to worry about him beat no more. This is your team. You're going to be the star, yada, yada, yada. You 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 think that does that isn't something that interests Ben Simmons? I'm sure maybe 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 the part about him having to do take more shots and play a little bit outside of his game, you know, as far as going to the hoop or you know taking doing more attempts and being the offensive uh, shot taker. Yes, that's probably doesn't appeal to him. But everything else, I feel like it does. But but my point my point is the point to bring up all that stuff. The the, the point of that was. I don't understand how this is going to work just the way you you feel that way. Because I'm like, in order for it to really, like, work is, you know, two couple things. Ben Simmons don't shoot. That's fine. Dan Tony can work around that, I believe. If he has, if he, if you put four other shooters on the court, Dan Tony can work around that. The problem is now, I don't, nobody wants, if you're not utilizing, um, you're not utilizing, uh, and be the way he should be if you have if you if you go with that okay now you but then you like you said just shooters in general you don't have enough shooters contracts are so bad the contracts are so stacked that there's no way for you to get shooters in that is so that's the number one thing that I'm looking to see now to, to look look for if if they hire Dan Tony if Dan Tony actually says yes to the job the first thing I want to see is what moves they're going to make because the only move that they can make is Embiid, and I'm telling you, somebody is going to take him. Somebody, they're gonna. That's the only. That's if Dan Tony shows up, the first, I I very well expect Embiid not to be on the well, squad anymore. They can move. They can move Ben Simmons. They could move Ben Simmons as well. Uh, they could. I just feel like Mark. And in I, fact, I think more people want Ben Simmons than they want Embiid. Like, uh, oh, that's. Uh, I think they'll get more. I think they'll get more for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean if you, if okay, so my question is, if they if they if you get rid of Ben Simmons and D'Antoni's a coach, now what? 
But then again, you you wouldn't have that answer because you obviously believe that this is this is a crazy idea. Nah, man, that <laughs> that shit is a gender that is, that shit is a gender reveal waiting to happen, bro. <laughs> oh man, like shout out to Ricky, but yeah. <laughs> Shout out to California. But yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a horrible idea just like you. But I I mean, there that would be the only person that I can see because I don't see Tobias Harris or anybody else on this roster benefiting from a D'Antoni hire. The only person that even has a chance to benefit from it is Ben Simmons. Hmm. But but as you're saying, they would be better off getting rid of him because they could get more for him. I didn't say they would be better off getting rid of Ben Simmons. What I'm saying is you could get more for him. Oh uh, well, yeah, but I'm not. That's saying. what I, that's what I was saying. Like you could be, they would be better. They would be better off in the trade because they could get more for Ben Simmons. But I'm not. You saying. could go find you a point guard that could shoot for Ben Simmons. Yeah, you can. You know, like if that's the game you're trying to play. Yeah, you can. I'm, so I'm just not saying that they would be better off without Ben Simmons, like that. No, I believe they would be better off with Ben Simmons, but that's also why I think that if they hired D'Antoni, uh, <clears throat> Embiid will be gone. Right. So, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here on this D'Antoni yeah, shit no nah, longer because man, I, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I just wake up and this shit just is a dream. Yeah, you know? and they actually hire a real coach. Um, not that Dan Tony's a, not a real coach, but he's not the real coach that the Sixers need. Yeah, um, Elton Brand better fucking speak up. Yeah, this is this is completely a Josh Harris move. Um, so owners going to do what they're going to do, and owners don't know shit about basketball. So just manage your hedge fund and shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> well. In the meantime, um, outside of that, man, I, I think that covers us in basketball. So let's talk. Uh, I'm right, right? There's nothing else in basketball to cover, is there? No, that was it, man. Because I mean, we're not we're not getting into the, you know, any future matchups. Okay. I mean, to me, we're not talking Denver, LA today. So, right. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Um, Oh, no, that doesn't cover us. Giannis Antetokounmpo. What else? He has... Oh, oh man, we yeah. almost forgot about him, man. Yo, he has unfriended his entire team. Like, he didn't just unfriend the Milwaukee Bucks on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter. He unfriended his teammates. Like, dog. If that's not the biggest indication that this shit is real, I don't know what is, dog. Yeah. Ascent- <laughs> Go ahead. Go I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. No, nah. nah, I got I to gotta let you finish. No, nah, Ascent- about Like, okay. Ascent- nah, fuck it. Fuck it. Okay. You want to go? Or what? what? Yeah, I man. Go, you I, I go. Think- what's, what's I, I'm just, I just want to speak about him un- un- unfollowing everybody. You unfollowing everybody? Did you unfollow yourself? <laughs> After your fucking performances, oh, those are trash. Did you unfollow yourself? Did you? So, so what you're telling me is that you couldn't perform. Granted, I, f- I have problems with the coaching. Granted, I have problems with some of the other people's performances. But you didn't perform. You're mad about it. You, 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 
and then now you're unfollowing everybody like it's everybody else's fault not yours that's what it comes off as to me is well no hey you know what i'm not happy with my situation here with milwaukee and to me if you're gonna do that i want to know exactly what you're unhappy about well there's nobody else around him and thus everybody keys in on him and and we'd spoke about it before there's nobody like if he's not going there's nothing that's going to go at all because chris middleton only goes when he goes uh you've spoken on that many times that yes if Giannis is having a bad game then chris middleton is definitely going to have a bad game there's never a time where are seemingly it's never See, a time. they did it once they did it once in this series versus the heat where yes that Giannis had a bad game and chris and chris middleton show up it happened once that i can recall in this playoffs yeah. but so um but yeah with that there's seemingly to be those situations and um that is an issue um that he may have but some people but like what i wanted to talk about was some people may take this as him saying get me out of here i don't want to be here this that and the third but he has he still has a year left um so i didn't take it that way because that does because milwaukee has already stated they have no intentions on trading them and i'm pretty sure that they've stated this before to him, like that they have intentions on him being their person forever or for a very long time. I took him unfollowing all his teammates as fuck all y'all. I'm putting all of you on a trading block without saying a goddamn thing. <laughs> like that's how I <laughs> that's how I took it. Not he didn't he wasn't saying I'm leaving. He's saying all of you can leave and I'm unfriending you because I don't know if you'll be my teammate next year. That's how I took yeah, it. Well, because well, like, cause last time I checked, he's the star. <laughs> they going to want to please yeah. the star. And the mayor of Milwaukee and the and the co-owner, which I think is wild, the the co-owner of the team, and, and he's the co-owner of the team and the mayor. I think that's wild as shit. But, One hand washes the other. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, so, but the uh, co-owner of the team had a long dinner with Giannis, and I'm, and I'm on... And as was I, it dinner? Was it lunch? What was that shit, man? Was it dinner and lunch? This shit was long enough to be both. Yeah, and in that long, in that long conversation, I'm sure Chris Middleton came up several times. Ah, oh, come on! <laughs> you think he getting rid of his boy? <laughs> I, you think he getting rid of his boy? I, I, I'm pretty sure Brooke Lopez came up several times. I'm pretty yep. sure, like, I'm pretty sure these teammates came up a lot, and they were like, "Yep." You know, man, what can we get for this guy? Because there's a lot of talk about going over the luxury tax for guys, and I don't know who, like who, who is going to be a free agent. 
Well, that's the thing. There ain't nobody really that's notable that's going to be a free agent. Exactly. So why are we having a conversation about going over the luxury tax for guys if there's nobody notable going to be a free agent? Unless we're going to have to go out, trade for a couple people, and take over their contracts. But, well, I mean that's true. But this okay. So 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 okay. So let me say this: like him unfollowing people, um, I believe that eh, there might be some truth to what you say to the way that you see it. But also, I believe it. It's a it's a posturing move. Yo, but he's pop. Y'all yes. are on. But I'm saying it's not just for the it's not just for the teammates. It's it's for the it's for the it's for the organization too. Oh, hey. This is because this is this is what I this is what I believe. He's played the good soldier role for a long time. Mm-hmm. He has played a good, you know. He's grateful. They were patient with him. It really took him like three years to come into his own. Um, you know what I mean? Like he, he, you know, all these things, right? He he's grateful. He just comes off like his first couple of years. He just seemed happy to be there and grateful, regardless of how athletic he was he was happy to be there and grateful they 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 did all these things they built an offense around they did all these things they made him the guy right that's cool he had a he had a longer journey than what most people do um but it seems as though although he could have came in he could have very well came into this season making demands oh. after oh. after getting an mvp he could have he could have came into this season hold on i'm sorry but I also want to bring up very quickly that Milwaukee's already on thin ice with Giannis for firing Jason Kidd. Like people don't remember, but Giannis was pissed. He, he spoke off. up about it. He yeah. was pissed off that they fired his coach. Like so, it and so understand that pretty much they need to start doing what he wants because the coach that he liked they fired yeah yeah but oh but that but that goes into what i'm saying like he could have came into last season mm-hmm. just straight up being like look i got an mvp what took us this far yes things didn't work out the way it was supposed to win the playoffs but mm-hmm. i can honestly look you as a, you in the, in the face and be like yo it's the coach's fault all right you, this was expected. They were expected to game plan against me. They were expected to do these things. Why wasn't there a solid game plan, game plan in place to counteract this? Why wasn't there any adjustments made throughout the the course of us getting getting our fucking brains blown out? I don't know. But but you know what I'm saying. He could have came into the season saying, "I'm going to demand this. I'm going to demand that." And I feel like this was the one season where he was just like, "You know what? This is this is to prove it to me from the organization." Like. I'm going to trust you guys. I'm going to trust you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Remember, they got rid of Brogdon. I don't know why they got rid of Brogdon, but they got rid of Brogdon. So so it's one of these things to where it's like, okay, I'm sure he was just like, okay, that looks like it's not the right move, but I'm going to trust the organization. You guys got me this far, and I feel like this was it. This was the final straw. I believe that he probably looked at this, looked at what was happening to him in this series. It's like, yo, we we should have Brogdon on the team right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he didn't like that. So I feel like regardless, he feels like mm-hmm. this is probably the apex for 
his career with this particular team and this particular organization. So I feel like him unfriending everybody doing all these things is just to say to the organization, look, man, you guys are on notice. Yeah. And of course, the response, the response is to say, sit down, tell me what you want. It's like, you know what he wants. He wants to leave and go to a better organization. <laughs> so what you're really asking him is, what is it that you think that we're doing or that we could do that'll help you out? And we really don't mean it by that. We just want to know what players you want. You see what I'm saying? So so that's all it is. Like, they're going to try to appease him by getting whatever players he wants. And then if that happens, in the end, they can clear their conscience and be like, well, he he picked this guy. He picked that guy. We gave him the players that he wants. If he wants to walk now, then he can go. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way that the organizations kind of play it. But, I mean, honestly, they, these are demands that he should have made in the beginning of the season. These are demands. Like, you had the clout to tell them, I want Brogdon to stay here. What I think, what I think Milwaukee is turning him into now is turning it's gonna turn him into one of these guys like LeBron, who LeBron played the good soldier for so many years in Cleveland. And then when the time came, you know, he even played the good soldier a little bit for what for the first year in Miami. Mm-hmm. Once they gave him the keys to the organization, he said, Fuck that. This is this is what I want, this is what I need. And then by the time he got back to Cleveland the second time, he was like, no, I run this shit. I'm going to tell you how it is because I'm the man. So I think this is where you're going to see that growth. Um, people always talking about this, um, his um, growth when it comes to maturity, not in the sense of him being childish, but in the sense of him, you know, becoming uh more of more for more um more outspoken about his own career and more in the driver's seat with his career i think that's where you're gonna that level he's maturing in that aspect now and this is where we're gonna see that growth because i fully believe that he's he went in there and i believe he told him everything that he felt right and i believe that during the course of the next season you will if something doesn't feel right to him or if he feels like there's something wrong he's going to speak about it. He knows that he's on, he would know that he's on the way out. He knows that, Hey, I have a voice. They have to listen to me. And I feel like he's actually going to exercise that right. This next season coming up. That's fair. These are all fair things that you are saying. Um, don't know what will actually happen though. Um, but with that being said, let's get out of here. Um, and move into the king of all sports. Oh, it's everything, bro. Like, if football proved it. You know, people for like people pretty much forgot that Game 6 was even happening. Like, they was like, oh, shit. No, not it. pretty much. They literally forgot. Like, people all up and down my timeline. Like, oh, shit, I didn't even know the game was on. Like, Yo, like, that proved everything, dog. Football Sunday. Like, yo, hockey playoffs didn't matter. Baseball didn't matter. Basketball playoffs did not matter. It was like, yo, I'm going to watch this regular season day one football game versus your playoff game that that means for all the marbles. Fuck it. I'm watching football. And people was like, yeah. So. Yeah, that was a potential. Elimin- that was an, an elimination game, basically. Yeah. And yeah, like that was crazy. And people was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm watching this football. So that lets you know right now. 
Like, yo, football might be number one and basketball might be number two, but there's a far distance between one and two. Like, that just solidified it right there. There's a massive difference between one and two. It's NFL, and then way down here somewhere, you're going to get to basketball. (laughs) And then there's everybody else. Like, so, but anyway, man. Uh, won't you won't you lead us off, man? What was what was some of your takeaways from this weekend, friend? Who takeaways? Well, I'm gonna start with my team, the 49ers. Um, I, what I was fearful of is exactly what happened. I was fearful. I I just don't like the fact that we have to play against Kyler Murray twice a year, especially after playing him last year, where they seemingly it was just you know. Larry Fitzgerald at whatever age he's at these days, <laughs> 35, 38, 40, whatever it is, he's whatever age he is these days. And then you had Christian Kirk, who was a rookie who really couldn't really do anything. You know, I mean, he's still, you know, figuring out the NFL. And you had Kyler Murray behind a trash offensive line, and he was killing us. He was killing us last year. And then I was like, so everything improved. I watched him draft offensive linemen. I watched him, you know, add DeAndre Hopkins to the team. And then I'm like, okay, we got to go into this shit opening week. And two things stood out to me to um, in this game. Um, Jimmy G still looks he, – he looked comfortable in the game until Kittle got hurt. And once once the game was squarely on his shoulders, once again he looked nervous. I don't like it. Don't like it not one bit. Like uh. I don't know if that's something that you can fix or you can get over. But I did not like that. Um with our depleted um with our depleted offense, I felt like we still were able to do more with the ball than I than I thought we would be able to on offense. And then just defensively, I felt like we were doing as much as we could. And it seemed seemingly at every turn, uh, Kyler Murray was making a play somewhere. So um, to me, that just just for the Niners game, Niners-Cardinals uh, game, my takeaway was Jimmy G still has the same issues that he's had since becoming a starter. And then um, on the other hand, DeAndre Hopkins getting 14 catches and Kyler Murray, you know, just out there, just making every play that he that he needed to make. It just seems like it's going to be a long season for the for the opponents of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I want to speak to what you were talking about with the um, with the Forty ers man. Is, Let's do it. Is Jimmy G a bust? Like, is he well? Is he less than what? what people thought he would be. He is less than what people thought he would be. And I don't know if I like the word bust for that, but, but yes, he is definitely not the guy that people thought he was, thought he would be, or is quote unquote supposed to be. Cause I mean, this is like I said, I've, I was a fan of him since his last year in college so, of course, I was upset that he went to the Patriots, but I knew I was like, this is the perfect place for him to get groomed. 
the one thing about him in college that there, okay there's two things about him in college that I liked he he got rid of the ball quickly for a college kid mm-hmm. like he he made his reads quickly for a college kid and he he had a really good arm he had a good deep ball all that stuff right so I was like he's perfect for grooming for the NFL game you know and it seemingly went to the right place. So what I don't understand is the poise that he showed that I liked when I watched him playing in college and the his ability to make reads right. and the other thing that I liked about him in college. Seemingly, those two things, they no longer exist, Mark. They no longer exist in his game. And those are the two biggest reasons why he's not who everybody wants him to be. So – um, bust. I mean, if you want to call him a bust, I guess fuck it. You can because we we went out and paid money for a guy that started two games, uh-huh. three game, whatever it was, three games. I don't know. We went out and said that's our guy. We buying him. We're buying him. We're gonna build a team around him. I mean, we you know it, it was a whole thing, man. Like I felt like we could have drafted guys. We could have. There's a every year. There's been an it quarterback. There's been an it guy. Every year since we've taken on Jimmy G, it's like, damn, we couldn't we couldn't have waited. Shit, we could have drafted somebody the year before we got Jimmy G. It's it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like we bought all we we bought all the way in on a guy that we shouldn't have, especially without seeing a body of work. So bust. That's the only thing that stops me from calling the bust is. Maybe people's expectations were out of whack because, really, we didn't see him. We didn't see him play. We didn't see him play. So how can you call him a bust when there was no baseline to go off of? Well, I'm going to – the. I guess the only reason why I assigned him the bust category is because he was paid top dollar. <laughs> he was – Yeah, if you just want to talk about the money – he is not living up to his contract not even though his contract ain't even that big compared to the top guys he is definitely he's still not li- he's not living up to his contract at all it's not even close yeah he was he was paid money to be there he wasn't drafted he was paid money to be there and um this was a guy that even going back into the super bowl like his passing left much to be desired um and then I'm looking at week one, and when he threw that um, threw that ball towards the end zone, threw well that duck towards the end zone, mm-hmm. like man, if Patrick Peters, if Patrick J- Peterson just turned around, he would have had an easy interception. That thing floated in the air like it was so, it was so oh, yeah. bad of a throw that it hit Peterson in the back of his helmet and Peterson was about two yards off from his receiver. Like, yeah, like that's how bad it was. Like, like that should have been, a that should have been a touchdown if it was a good throw, but it was a shitty throw. It was terrible. And that wasn't the only duck I saw Jimmy throw that day. And and like I said, taking it back to the last time we saw him, they a lot of people want to point out they were an overthrow away from winning the Super Bowl. Well, yes, so horrible overthrow too. 
So exactly. So this guy, man, he's been like at this point, it feels like he's stealing money, and Kyle Shanahan seems to have had enough. Well, well, let me had enough. Has he had enough? Hey, Kyle called that boy out. Um. Hey, Kyle need to call himself. You know what? Now, now, see, now I got to bring something else up. And that's and that's right. He's right to call him out. But at the same time, man, this is my problem with that. We the way you see the way that we play, Mark. We run our offense in a specific manner. We want to run the ball. We're going to continue running the ball. We got all these schemes on running the ball. And then this is the way we play. This is what we condition to do. What I don't understand is how is it that every time we get into the fourth quarter of a game. It doesn't matter if we have the lead. It doesn't matter if we're down by four. Like in this case, it doesn't matter if we have five minutes left in the game and we're down by four. Somehow it turns into we're going to pass on every down now. It just – we he, Kyle Shanahan has just been a – like it's, it feel like he just did the same thing he did in the, in, in the Super Bowl. He abandoned the run at a time when there was absolutely no reason to. I, if if I'm not mistaken, this last drive that we had, we had like four minutes on the clock. We we could have ran the ball. We have we had timeouts. We had all that shit. It's like, what are we doing? Like that's my problem. Is if you're going to tell, if you're going to tell Jimmy G that he don't got the, that, we're going to scheme guys open for you. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do all these things to take the responsibility of being a quarterback, or to lighten the load of being a quarterback for you. We're going to lighten the load for you, and then. You say, okay, we lighten the load for you for three quarters. Now the fourth quarter is here. Now everything is squarely on you. You can't do that. You can't do that to a quarterback. And you definitely can't do that to a quarterback that ain't built like that. You know he ain't built like that. No. You know, that's that's my problem. If you're going to put that responsibility on him, put that responsibility on him throughout the game. Yeah. Well, I feel like – It's so- like – Go ahead. <laughs> I, I just feel like they're treating them like a kicker. Like, yo, you sit there and you don't do shit until it's time to do shit, and then you better not fuck it up. Hey, man. <laughs> and then if you do, I'm going to call you out. Hey. Well, that's <laughs> like, fair. That's I fair. mean, the call-out is fair. The call-out is fair, and I get it. I just don't like the way that they're moving with this shit. I feel like Jimmy G needs a little bit more in-game. He needs to work this out in the games, during the games, throughout the season, if you want him to be able to do that. If you're going to put him in that position in a big spot, then he needs to get he needs to get the reps in game. Yeah. I feel you. Mark, uh, all right, one one stat real quick. Uh we we uh had twenty five carries and average four point nine yards per carry in this game. Uh-huh. No reason why with time on the clock we should just Abandon the run. Well, it seems like um, Kyle Shanahan is just going to be Kyle Shanahan. He is. And that should make you feel like shit because <laughs> that lets you know that he's learned absolutely nothing. But it just makes me remember that he was doing this with Atlanta. Yeah, he did. They had Tevin Coleman and, De- and Devontae Freeman. And every fourth quarter, it was a goddamn Matt Ryan show. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, but um, but even still, man, 
like you, that team is depleted from receivers. Doesn't have a quarterback. It, All the more reason not to do what he did. Nah, you're absolutely <laughs> you're absolutely right. So um, next is the question, uh, Kyle, and what the hell are you thinking? Um, but you mentioned them treating him like a like a kicker, um, and that was one of the takeaways I had from this um, from this particular um, week of football. Are kickers? Um, how how should I put this? Is the profession of the kicker like is it diminishing? Like the uh, I guess basically, are kickers just not as good as they used to be? That's there we go. That's what I'm looking for. Are because from what I watch, day in and day out, like field goals used to be automatic. They used to be something that, like, like a thirty yarder, no problem. Forty yarder, no problem. No, you wouldn't even question it if Extra it was like thirty five and no in. Thirty five and in, you didn't even question it. Yeah. It's money. Now, yeah. now, it's like these dudes is gonna, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not gonna lie, Mark. I sit on the edge of my seat when it's a thirty yarder. Yeah, like, because I know some shit could possibly happen. Like, what's like, going on with these kickers today? What has changed that these kickers cannot do what the kickers of old could do? Like, what is it about the process of becoming a kicker, or is it the lack of dedication to football? Is it the fact that now they're getting people that couldn't make it as soccer stars? And trying to convert them into kickers, like what is? But that's but those guys always been around though. The soccer players as kickers, they always been around. Um, so you want to dig into the why? Yeah. Um, like I don't. I'm, I'm really asking. I have no idea. Okay, like um, why these dudes all of a sudden can't kick for shit? The, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I does it just just thinking about when you ask the question because this is something I've never thought about as to why. But off the top of my head, there's a few things I come, came up with that who knows whether it's fucking true or not. But now, you know, before it was grass, you know, and everything is artificial turf now. Mm. Okay. Some people have some stadiums, the newer, newer stadiums have sod where they could just remove it. They're all on rails, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They could just roll in the sod, whatever. So that's different. But a lot of these stadiums have. Astro, they, not not astro turf, but you know the. I understand. Turf, you know, the fake, the fake grass, mm-hmm. and you know they have the um. What do they have? The stupid little rubber pellets and shit in the in the. Yeah. You know, so so yeah, like I'm going to assume that planting your feet is a little bit hard, a little harder to do on that type of material. I've I've played on a field like that before with the little rubber balls. It's you do have some traction, but there are times where your feet slip, you know? So well, that could be one thing. Or maybe, I mean, now that you're saying that, maybe the fact, like, planting the ball, the ball shifts more on that on that shit because it is a little bit slipperier, more slippery um, than, yeah. than your normal, than your normal grass and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think I think that's part of it. I also think 
to be honest with you, I think the culture around the kickers is different. Back then, you could miss a big you could miss a big kick, and it would be a big deal for that week, and then people get over it. You could miss five big kicks in that season, and people get over it. You're still the kicker for that team. Nowadays, that's not how it works, man. They move on. They move on quick. They'll cut your ass in the middle of the season with no backup kicker and say, we'll just go hire somebody off the street. That's the way they treat these these kickers now. And then even kickers that get drafted at a high position, um, I don't know if you watch the hard knocks with Tampa Bay and, you know, they, they, they had their rookie kicker and he was supposed to be a hot shot kicker in college and he just could not do it there. Mm-hmm. And then they cut him and then the Bears picked him up and then they cut him and then somebody else picked him up. He went to, he played for three different teams, if I'm not mistaken, that rookie season. And then I think he, I think he made like a, like somebody signed him in the preseason, the, the following season, mm-hmm. and then they cut him before the preseason ended. Like that was his career. Like, the way that they're so willing to just cut these guys, I think it puts a different level of pressure on them. Hmm. So I think they're they're dealing with like the different like the culture of being a kicker of you literally don't know if I miss this kick, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job tomorrow. Like that's that's the world that they live so in. That's a right different now. type of pressure. So you think they're folding under yeah. the pressure? I think they folded under the pressure, and I think there might be a. And when I say equipment, there might be just the, the, the different setup with the field, like grass and, 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 you know, grass and turf, like real shit. When you plant your foot, that shit ain't, it's not moving. It's different now. Yeah, man. Uh, that was one. So, of the- I mean, I'm just, I'm speculating, but that's the best thing that, that's the best that I can come up with on the fly. Yeah. Um, I feel you. And that's just something that I, that I saw and I was like, uh, what's going on? Like, cause I remember the days of David Akers, you know what I'm saying? I remember when Ryan Suckup was good. I remember when, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what was it? The guy, the old man where this is the first year that he, um, that he hasn't been in the league. Vinatieri? Yes. I remember, you know, Vinatieri, um, and all that. Like, I remember those guys and, uh, What was the kicker that used to be for the for the Titans that was like lit? Um, damn, name is going to name escapes me. But uh, Justin Tucker being being one of the hot yeah, shot yeah. kickers, and and then now it's Greg Zerlin. Um, so now if, if Greg starts missing, then I'm gonna be like, well, he did. He missed. <laughs> yeah, he missed last a kick. year he started missing kicks. Last well, year. well, shit, he missed a kick. He missed a kick in the first game for the Cowboys. He so, missed a field goal. So like they, it's uh, like it's just all over the place, but the but the turf. Oh, it, Rob Baronas. Yes, Rob Baronas. He was a beast. He yeah. was a monster. Thank Yo, you. I mean, it, it's and it's crazy. You know what's crazy to me is what I think is amazing, which I don't want to dig too deep into kickers, but it seems it seems as though everybody has a leg these days. Back then, you could have the most accurate kick. You'd be like, man, this guy is just accurate. Like, um. Mm-hmm. Who were those brothers? They had the two brothers. Like one of them kicked for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, the Italian dude, I can't remember his name. But either way, mm-hmm. but but you, back then you would have a bunch of kickers that like, yo, forty eight is my range. But if you get me within forty eight, I'm knocking that shit down. Right. Now it's like you got a bunch of guys that have the leg to kick a fifty five to a sixty yarder, but then they can't hit shit. Right. 
Like, so. it's weird, man. It's, it's definitely a different game with the kickers. Like, Yeah. I, I, I personally, I guess from just, just from talking about all this shit, I wonder, like, I remember when we thought that the time when everybody thought that Mike Tomlin was crazy. <laughs> because he just wouldn't trust kickers, but right. but after watching Goskowski, who's supposed to be the most accurate kicker outside of Justin Tucker, after watching him miss three, four, whatever he missed, you know, right. the, uh, the other night, like I, I don't know, maybe maybe Mike Tomlin is onto something. Yo, fuck these guys, yo, we're just gonna go for two. And, uh, <laughs> like so, I don't know. And what's what's funny about that is that Chris Boswell did indeed miss a kick for the Steelers. Um, on Monday night, but um, I, that's something to look forward to or look into going forward is to see what what field they're playing on and just to just to be looking at for myself. Oh yeah, I'll look at the numbers between the fields. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, but another point that I had was um, listen, I told y'all. I told you, I told the world, told everybody, and I told you Eagles fans. I said, I said (laughs) that I was going to be interested in this game. I said that this was the game that I was watching for, and I gave you the reasons. We talked about it. I gave you the reasons. I said, I said, this ain't your old, this ain't your old Washington football team. This is a new Mm -hmm. Washington football team. And ain't the one that mom used to make. No, mm-hmm. not at all. <laughs> and this ain't the old recipe. This is new. And I said you came, you coming out here with the same old shit, and you can't come out here with the same old shit, different toilet. Because guess what? You're going to get flushed, and that's exactly what happened, man. <clears throat> like, I, dog, I, yo. First off, first off, how Carson Wentz still alive i don't know but uh but i will say this yo this is just i'm not even gonna dig deep this one point right here 27 people keep talking about these unanswered points right the stuff that goes into these unanswered points that means that they shut y'all down for the remainder of the game that defense hey you know what that is coaching adjustments i know you're not used to seeing that from washington but you when you have a real head coach this is something that you can expect mm-hmm. coaching adjustments and guess what if you can't get with it then you're done because this dude i mean 17 points and the 17 points came quick you know what i mean it came quick yeah so now so now they they figured out how to shut that down and it was no response i mean i guess all that attention focus on they was like, look, man, we're not gonna worry about it. We're gonna focus on Zach Ernst. Godert got off, cool. Who else? Well don't matter because we're gonna be we're gonna be on Carson Wentz's head. <laughs> like I've never seen they've always had the players. We talked about this. They've always had the players. I didn't I have not seen them play like this. You now listen, man. Here's the <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, here's the little bit of bail that I'm going to shoot um, the Eagles. Offensive line? Uh, Lane Johnson was out. Um, you, Miles Sanders was out. Um, you've had um, Jason Peters just moved back over. Brandon Brooks is gone. 
So your offensive line is not the normal thing. But here's the problem. You knew that going into this game. Mm-hmm. You you knew what it was going into this game, and somehow you didn't properly prepare for that. 17 unanswered points. Okay, so you got comfortable. But after the third, fourth sack, it's time to get uncomfortable and start figuring <laughs> some shit out. Like, yeah. you need to be saying to somebody on your team, like, look, who wants to do some sh- who wants to do something to protect the quarterback and and quite frankly honestly I'm not even looking at the offensive line in this situation I'm looking at the head coach in this situation Are you um, talking about the offensive genius head coach? Uh I've never called him that. So I know you haven't called him that, but that's the reason like I'm not going to say that's the reason why he was hired, but yes, he was hired for his um his offensive intelligence. No, he was he was he was hired because oh, they want he was say- Andy Reid retro. Oh, so, but what so, is Andy Reid known for? But so, they they expect so, they expected Peter. What I'm saying is when they hired Peterson, they they hired him in, in, with expectations of him doing stuff offensively. Yeah, being Andy Reid offensively. Anyway, um, he's not that. Any <laughs> no, he's not. Um, but anyway, uh, anybody that wants to hear my full take on uh, on this guy, damn, his name is why his name's escaping me right now. Doug Peterson. Thank you. Fuck. But anybody wants to hear my full take on Doug Peterson, go to episode three, man. Episode three, we break down the top ten coaches, and I I go in about. <laughs> about uh Doug Peterson yeah. and several other coaches as well. Um but back to Doug, man. I blame Doug in this because anybody like just random people know that if you if your offensive line is getting beat to shit and the schemes isn't working, you got to figure out something to get them comfortable. And what's the best way to get them comfortable? Instead of having them pull back and waiting for a guy to try to create a pocket, allow them to just go out and hit someone. Run the ball. Why is it every single year, every single year, Doug Peterson's run-pass ratio is a point of contention and problem for everyone. Why is it that we always have to have the same conversation where this dude is in his post-game press conferences talking to, excuse me, talking about, oh, I need, um, I could do, I could do better with my run-pass ratio. Like, dog, when are you going to learn? Run the ball. I don't care that you only had Boston Scott. That's not my issue. Like, the fact that the matter is you need to run. Oh, and if Boston got hurt, then run with the next guy. You have to change the pace so that <laughs> the quarterback has actually has a chance. And the mm-hmm. quarterback doesn't escape blame neither because I'm going to spot you four of those, four of those sacks. I'm a, I may spot you five, but I ain't going to spot you all eight. Three of them... 
is is on your head. One that particularly sticks out clear in my mind, where fool, you are running a screen pass and your screen is busted. Throw the ball away. Throw the ball at his feet. The screen's busted. You don't have protection because the offensive line moved with the screen. Get rid of the ball. Like it it happened so crazy that the that the defensive lineman that came up to hit him got confused at how easy it was that he hesitated. Like that's how crazy it was. Like he was like, "Oh, oh shit!" Like what? And then he yeah. he was like, "Oh, you not throwing it away?" And then he hit him. Like he hesitated for a second. Like that's that's how crazy that shit is. Gross negligence. Like this was <laughs> is what I call it. Yeah. yeah. And Dan Orvlovsky pointed out that that was the exact same play that got him hurt last year. Like. It was a screen pass, and he decided to run because the screen was busted, and that's how. And Jadavian Clowney uh, chased him down and put his head into the dirt. But like that, but that should have never happened if he had thrown the ball away. And you didn't learn that lesson at all. You still, you still just taking hits out here, taking eight hits out here. Like, what's wrong? What's going on, man? Eight this... hits. He took more hits, but eight no, he took sacks. fourteen like... hits. He took fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like... fourteen, 14 hits. hits is a lot, though. Fourteen took... hits is a lot. Yes, that's a whole what? lot of hits, bro. boy. Any you... durability? Hey, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry I criticized the Jalen Hurts pick, man. I don't know. Because at this rate, Carson Wentz ain't going to make it past week four. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, they knew what they was doing with that. They like Yeah, they they, they could lie and say that Carson Wentz, that guy, they know what the fuck is up. So yeah. so this is what I'll say, man. It, it, it blows my mind. Y'all really, really, every year, y'all have a minimum, a minimum of four running backs on your roster. Um, I'm trying to understand why, since y'all don't use them. I'm just trying to understand this. I'm like, like well, the no, only thing I can I can explain. I can explain that. <laughs> when you sh- when I sh- didn't really want you to, but go for it if you when want you, to. When man. you're shopping in the bargain basement and you get it, basically, <laughs> basically what the Eagles do is what I do in real life. They shop on Wish <laughs> for their running backs. So, <laughs> so like they get they get oh, a, dog. so they get uh. They get a few, uh, they get a few parts missing, and then they gotta piece it together and make it work somehow. But like, you know, what I'm saying they get the generic brand. They don't ever get the actual, <laughs> the actual pick. They get the generic stuff. They shop on Wish for everything that they get. Dog, you really, you okay, man? You really calling these running backs Wish running backs <laughs> in uh, uh, off brand? Um, bargain bin. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, but damn, those are some harsh words, man. Hey, dog, you said they went and got their running backs off wish, man. Come on, boy. Yo, but, but I will say this, man. It's, you know what's funny, though? You know, you know what's funny, Mark? This is, and, and, and just, I'm just going to further the analogy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you grow up poor, you know what I'm saying? You just know what you know. So you used to used to buying shit that's on the clearance rack. You used to getting a no name brand cereal, all that stuff, right? And, and you know you eat you eat poor people food. You eating ramen noodles. You eating you know you eating Yo, peanut butter sandwiches. Don't 
Yeah, but I'm saying this is what you eat, right? And then sometimes, like, you know, you've been living this, you know, look, man, I, just let me get my point. You, you so you, living, you live this you life. living your rich life over there that you looking down no, on us relax. that eat ramen noodles. Relax. It's poor people First shit. off, I, I still have ramen noodles right now. <laughs> Please. I just ate a Spam and mustard sandwich two days ago. So, <laughs> nah, but uh, what I'm saying is sometimes you get so used to this lifestyle that first time you eat some some fancy shit. You taste it and you're just like, man, you know what? It's all right, but I'd rather have my spam and mustard sandwich because that's what happened with the Eagles. They went, they got a little taste, they got a, they got a Legarrette Blunt, you know what I'm saying? They got a, they got a, uh, they got a Jordan Howard, you know? They, they, they did these, they did these things, and then, um, they got Jordan and then what did Howard they do? They didn't even really use them. <laughs> but, but, but you see what I'm saying? But they, they got a little taste of what a real running back felt like. And they was like, nah, nah, nah. Nope. I want I want old faithful. I want the bargain bin motherfuckers. That's what we want. So I don't know, man. Like uh either way, with that said, like the um Carson Wentz has to get rid of the ball. He cannot continue to hold onto the ball the way that he does. He cannot continue to do that. I don't care if you're the most athletic person on the planet Earth. You cannot hold on to the ball the way that he does. You have to make a move somewhere outside of the pocket if you're going to do Like Kyler Murray, perfect example. He makes a quick decision on whether or not he, he wants to take off. And he might not make, fully make that decision, but you know what he does? He gets his ass out of the pocket before he has to make that decision to throw or run. He gets his ass out of the pocket. Carson Wentz does not leave the pocket. He stays back there. He tries to juke and maneuver inside of the pocket. Or he's just back there, like you said, as a statue on a broken screenplay and getting and getting punched in the mouth. Okay. I find it very ironic that the one guy who who that's been his bugaboo, um, Deshaun Watson, he shows up for the Thursday night game and uh versus the Chiefs. And guess what he does? For some reason, he's getting rid of the ball quicker. He's he's not just sitting in the pocket and taking hits. I was amazed, Mark. I was actually like, yo, this is what we need from you, Deshaun Watson, because nobody wants to see you get hurt no more. Nobody wants to cringe at the sight of you getting 12 hits a game, you know, if you get if you taking 12 hits a game. But it seems like where where Deshaun Watson grew you know, you have Carson Wentz regressing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, like, like Watson was like, you know, I don't want to be that guy no more. Carson said, I'll pick up that crown. I'll wear it. Don't worry about it. I got you, brother. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's happening here, you know? So, I mean, Eagles, you got what you deserved. Um, Redskins, not Redskins, the uh, Washington football team, y'all sold out. Just understand that that is not the way it's going to work when you play a real team. You're not going to be able to go down 17-0 and then come back and score 27 unanswered points. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I'm not allowing you to do that. Real team. You're, look, look, look. Look, you, you motherfuckers who basically are about – I don't know. Two games away from being us, you gotta watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch your mouth. Two games away from being y'all. You gotta watch. You don't gotta don't watch even play. Don't you even gotta, play. You gotta watch your mouth. Don't even play, though. 
Dog. Are you 0-1? Yes, we are. Okay. Are we Did we blow a 17-0 lead and still lose by 10? No, but you blew a lead in the Super Bowl. Don't talk to me about blowing leads. Oh, we talk Don't about talk We, we want to talk Yo, about recency shit. How dare you, you talk, talk to about me recency. about blowing leads? Are you kidding first me? Off, first off, are you kidding you blew, me? y'all blew a lead and lost by 10 to the Washington are football team. They don't even got a fucking name, Mark. Yo, they don't even got a name. But guess These what? fools put a they put a generic W. They put a generic yellow W on the side of their helmet and they said that's the new logo, Mark. But guess that's what, what they did. We they got... don't even got Adrian Peterson. Who's their running back, Mark? Who what... is their running but back? Guess what we got? Guess what we got? What y'all got? A Super Bowl a hot, ring a hot in, L? in the 2000s. And guess what God, you got? Come on, got? man. What, what's that doing for you right now, Mark? What's that doing for your team right now? Absolutely it's, nothing. It's keeping me warm at night because this team hey, sucks. Man. And I still have a Super Bowl hey, ring man. in the 2000s. How about that? Hey, man. That's, but, that's but, fine. But you, how, many, how, many, how many Super Bowls have you seen your team make? How, you how many Super Bowls have you seen your team win? You I've are, seen my team win multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, you haven't. Look, look, so we're going to stop look, it right we, there. We've we been gonna down stop this it right rabbit there. hole before. I'm not doing this again. We, we, look, we, 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 we don't we, have to, you but guys, you brought it up. You, you brought it up. You want to bring up Super Bowls and right, shit. Anyway, like, look, but you're not going to. Y'all like, the definition of trash right now. here and call us and say we're not a real team. That's just not. Oh, not a real team. Fuck you. Like, get out of here, Doug. Like, what's wrong with you? Y'all wasn't a real team. Y'all wasn't a real team on Sunday. Listen, mm. We just lo- we mm. lost. We lost. We might listen. horribly in in a in amazing fashion. Listen, I listen. I understand, but yeah, not going to disrespect my squad. So like we, it is what it like is. Like everything stops. How about your squad? Don't things. disrespect themselves. How, How about, about that? How about they don't disrespect themselves? How about your squad don't disrespect themselves? How about they actually on, run the ball? Because last time I checked, <laughs> last time I checked, like he lost on the biggest stage and came back week one and did the exact same shit. Look, look, this is what I'll tell you, Mark. We ran the ball 25 times, right? Uh-huh. And then if you ca- if you count in the catches that that are, that our running backs had, it equals to 30, like probably around 32 touches. It, you guys have the same amount of running backs on y'all roster. Tell me how many touches did the running backs have in this game? Well, I know one of them was hurt, and the other two, I don't even know they fucking. Look, man, them, so we, we played three. We played three running backs. We have McKinnon, we have McKinnon, uh, Mostert, and and, and Coleman. Okay. What do you talk about? Like, mm. we got guys hurt too. Uh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's fine, though. You know yeah. what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Whatever, man. Just yeah. keep collecting running backs for the. Keep yeah, just, collecting your bargain bin listen, running backs. Listen. Just watch your mouth when you say when it comes to real teams and not. How about that? Let's just leave it at that, okay? Watch your mouth. How about you watch your quarterback? How about you watch yours? Hey, he ain't there. He ain't there getting bounced around like a pinball, like a pinball machine. That's not happening. So, but mine's not standing in the perfect pocket throwing up ducks. How about that? <laughs> Perfect pocket. I don't know if it was perfect, but you know what I'm saying. He All did right. throw some ducks. He did throw some ducks, man. Yo, yo, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, man. Jimmy G, don't be the reason. Don't be the reason why we lose games. Don't be the reason why we lose close games. That's all I'm asking for you this season. Don't be the reason. So, look, man. Anyway, look, man, let's 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 move on. Let's yes, let's talk. Please. I want to ask you. 
I want to ask you some questions. So oh, Houston, I'm, I'm with it. Houston, okay. Houston me. Chiefs. Okay. What about? It? So we got the we got the uh, Texans and the Chiefs, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be, what was, what do you want to highlight from that game, man? Like, what was your takeaway from that game? Uh, my takeaway from that game is that Bill O'Brien is still a bad coach, and that facts, and that. The Chiefs are a thousand percent still the best team in the NFL. Well, we did talk about it when we talk about who we thought had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and we literally just excluded the NFC because everybody's pretty equal over there. Like it's a wash; it's anybody's conference, but nobody's really stands out to be really like superior. Mm-hmm. And which that my take might change on that, but I have to see the Packers play another game other than the, their typical showing out against a division opponent. Cause I fuck it. These motherfuckers will do that and then go lose to somebody that's mediocre in another uh, division. But, uh, but, but yes, the chiefs are headed totals above everybody. Um, the Ravens look like they're just going to repeat what they did last season for the regular season. They're going to also be headed shoulders above everybody else. Um, and then that's exactly what it is. You got chiefs, Ravens, and then you got everybody else. That's the way I feel like this season is going to be. That's what I felt before the season, and it looks like it's just going to continue. Um, the Texans missed DeAndre Hopkins. That's they it. did, and That's it looks it. like it seems as though the Chiefs have a the Chiefs well, no, have a running see, back. Here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. They missed DeAndre Hopkins because, like, it's not that they don't have receivers and stuff. They do. They have receivers. But DeAndre Hopkins was a coverall for basically bad coaching, bad, like, for anything bad. Like, uh, if Deshaun Watson did something wrong, like, you know what I mean? He could just, I'm going to throw it to DeAndre and, and he'll do something with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, basically, he was your bailout guy. Or if the play was just bad, it could be ju- it could be a bad play, but you could have a bad play with good players, and now it's a good play because they'll ter- because of their ability, which is things that DeAndre is able to do. Now, Will Fuller performed admirably except for that first catch of the game, but um, so up. But still, I guess. But we the term that I. We've I was gonna say the term that I like to. Time. I was gonna say the, the the term that I the term that I like was is um, he's an eraser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an eraser. You know what I'm saying? He can erase all the bad things that happen or the bad things. I I just I did I just wanted to briefly touch on it. But like I said, I wanted to mention. You know, we did talk about the Chiefs having a running back now, um, and I thought we would see some more running back performances that were going to stand out for game for week one. And I feel like it just didn't happen. Right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on around the league. I mean, shit, if we're going to talk about running backs, let's jump over to the Giants. Oh, no, game. Uh, continue your, uh... no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm done with, I mean, we, we did previously talk about the Chiefs well, I wasn't and, talking and the Texans. About the Houston Chiefs, but you want to, um, I, I like the, I like you, uh, asking the questions, uh, about, like okay, okay. well, well okay well well um okay so uh 
I mean, we talked about the Chiefs-Texans game. Um, another game that we could talk about. Um, what I'm just going to ask you, what the hell's going on in New York with the Giants? Oh, okay. Um, well, that's easy. They suck. Um, they they can't get right. They drafted they drafted a quarterback that they could have got in the sixth round in the first, and <laughs> and in doing mm. so, they missed out on all the offensive line help that they really needed and sorely sorely needed because uh, watching ESPN to I think no it was watching NFL Network and I saw an angle from a running play that we wouldn't see on TV. And on this angle, um, it was like the behind-the-back angle. Um, It was a three-tight end set. And on the three-tight end set, um, after the ball was hiked, you literally had two two of the tight ends double-teaming the defensive end and... uh, um, and another tight end double um, on the other guy, where the linebacker was still free, and the, and the linebacker came flying in and tackled Saquon in the backfield. Like the like, but essentially these guys don't know their jobs. These offensive linemen just have no idea what they're who they're supposed to be covering. Maybe it's a problem with the center not calling out. Maybe it's a problem with the well, center not calling out like uh, the coverages that's going on out there. Maybe it's a problem with the quarterback not being able to recognize what's going on out there uh, on defense and being able to alert his offensive lineman. I don't well, know. I think it's a combination of all of it because what I heard during the broadcast was they have two veteran guards. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, they have a a guy that played tackle last year that is now their center. And then from there, the other two guys on the field you know, for the offensive line are rookies or something of that nature, oh, the young well, guys. Then, yeah. So if it's a mess. A tackle, it's a mess. <laughs> if you have a tackle playing center, that's absolutely a major problem. Your center is like, part of the – your center is the – is the leader of the offensive line. He's the person that's supposed to be calling out what's the movement that is going on on the defense. And... Yeah, like, you can move offensive linemen around. What you can't do is you can't move. Like, you can move if, if the center is actually big enough because, you know, these days they make centers are smaller. Right. They're the smaller, more quicker, more agile uh, players on the offensive line. But if it's big enough, you can move a center to any position because they are essentially the quarterback of the offensive line. They have to know what everybody does. Right. Okay. So, yes, you can move a center to somewhere else. You cannot move somebody from somewhere else to center. You can't do that. That's not something you should be doing. And if you do that, that should be a, that should be a Band-Aid. Yeah, I don't care. That shouldn't be your situation. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> care who they are. They could be Trent Williams. They could be, they could be Andrew Whitworth. No, don't do it. Yeah, you don't you don't do that. You don't do that. So so I don't know, man. Like just the way they explained the offensive line situation, I was like, yo, that's why they getting eaten alive. Like you said, it, it's perfect perfect example. You said they just didn't know. They didn't look like they knew what their assignments were. And if your center, 
because that's why the center is so important because guess what if this guy doesn't know his assignment the entire the entire job of the center before the snap is to analyze the offense what, what the defensive line is doing whatever look the defense is showing on the defensive line and linebacker front the center is supposed to analyze that and then basically report back and say hey man watch for this this right. guy is going to be your guy oh right. wait a minute Somebody just came down. The safety just came down into the box. Therefore, now it shifts. My responsibility is this guy, and you got to guard it. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to be directing traffic. Right. And if your center is not good or inexperienced, then this is what's going to happen. You're just going to have missed. You're going to have missed assignments. You're going to have blown, blown, uh, blown, uh, blown blitz coverages, where guys just don't pick up blitzes because there was there was a few plays where it looked like Saquon. Just, wasn't ready for the blitz or he didn't pick up the blitz. There was all of this is between the center and the quarterback. If they don't know what they're doing and then you have in, inexperience everywhere else, it's just going to be a mess. Like I, I don't know if this is a fixable thing well, for, for the Giants, not man. Well, this year. But, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> certainly not fixable this year. Saquon should not be getting – what did he end the game with? Six yards? Yeah, Saquon shouldn't be on that team. It was like 15 carries. Look, man. Like, we are literally <laughs> looking at an elite player being wasted on a garbage team. Like, I want for I want for him so bad to go to uh, the Steelers or go, I don't know. Go anywhere but here. Or Steelers, go to the Seahawks. I'll go anywhere but here. Like, I don't really want to say the Seahawks because the Seahawks, Chris Carson looked like a man on Sunday. So maybe, yeah. So maybe Chris, now that Chris Carson's injury woes is out the way, he can actually uh, get the traction that, it, that everybody expected from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, like, I would like to see. Saquon somewhere that's not there because that that whole uh giant situation is absolutely abysmal. Horrible. Yeah. Um man. The fact like uh the fact that people bigged up Daniel Jones makes me sick. Like I watch <laughs> that dude and I get mm. sick to my stomach. Like they literally sat there and said Oh well, you know, like you watch that guy, like he can play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe what the Giants did isn't so crazy. Like, nah, man, call that shit for what it was. That shit was a, the worst pick ever. He wasn't. He was going to be there in the six. I hate when I watch the drafts and they sit there and say, "Well, the well, the rumor is that had they not drafted him there, that." He wasn't going to be there much longer. Bullshit. He was going to be there. He was going to be there. Somebody's blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly believe when these situations happen, like the Daniel Jones shit, I wholeheartedly believe that the, whoever does this, whoever, whatever GM coach, whoever, whoever does this and says, yeah, man, I don't know who you're going to say. Oh, I'm thinking about taking them at this part. I feel like he then turns to his buddies and chuckles and says, look at this dumb motherfucker. I think they're actually going to draft Daniel Jones. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's just a big ass, like, yo, everybody's in on a joke except for you. 
I feel like like there's no way that I, I would you could put somebody in front of a camera mm-hmm. and a microphone and be like, see, this is the guy I was talking about. He said that there was a chance that they would take him at 13. And I still will call you guys a liar. You know, mm-hmm. I still call you a liar. Like, there's no way that you're going to make me believe that Daniel Jones was somehow a top 10 pick. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't... That, like for multiple people. There's yeah. no way that you're telling me that more than one team felt that way. No. Like, so. the Giants got fleeced on him on Daniel Jones last year. And um, only time will tell if the Eagles got fleeced this year on Jalen Rager because that was another guy that after the like it was a bunch of confusion when the pick happened like who the fuck is he why did they do this this that and the third and then after the pick is like well I'm hearing around the league is that he's a guy that wouldn't have been around much longer had they not taken him when they took him or take like stop it man that dude was going Duh, don't be trying to say you know but, but but um i feel like a lot of these gms and shit gms and uh they, they need to they need to go watch that movie draft day that's what they need to do <laughs> they need to go <laughs> watch need... kevin costner show him how to do it right hey because he was out there fleecing bro anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway he was out there like a fucking magician you know what i mean like yeah but uh you know, but but for real, that's they need to go watch that movie or something. Do some studying up on the tactics that these cats be using on y'all, because y'all be falling for it, it's hook, line, and sinker. You know, absolutely. All right. Um, so, what's the next question, sir? Who or what's the next team you want to talk about? Okay, I want to talk about this because um, this is something that I didn't expect. This is something that we were critical of from last season. Um, I want to talk about the Packers' performance versus the Vikings. Um, So my question to you is, do you believe, do you believe what you saw on Sunday? Do you believe Believe that this is a high-powered, do you believe that this is a high-powered offense now with Green Bay? Oh, Green Bay. Do you believe this? Do you believe the? Do you believe that this is going to be the new relationship between head coach and quarterback Aaron Rodgers, to where they're going to allow him to go go to his guy whenever he wants to? Because that's what happened this game. They allowed. They said you could go to the. You could go to Adams whenever the hell you want to. We're not even going. We're not strapping you within the offense. They let him roam around. You know, within the confines of the offense, they kind of. They kind of. They gave him a few extra yards on the leash. I don't even, they might have just completely let him off the leash. What I'm saying is, do you believe that, number one, that this is going to be, this is going to be who they are offensively as far as the amount of firepower that they showed? Or, and two, do you believe that this relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the head coach, do you believe that it's going to remain this way to where it's like, hey, we tried it our way we made you play within the confines of the offense and it kind of didn't work now we're just going to let you freelance within it whenever you know however you see fit do you believe that's where we're at yeah um um when it comes to that team i think yes this is um this is somewhat legit but there's a caveat to that it is legit until it, there is an injury. 
Um, mm. And when there, once there's an injury, I think that whole thing that's going on is going to fall apart. Like, if you lose Aaron Jones, uh, God forbid, or if you lose Devontae Adams, God forbid, that 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 whole thing is falling apart. Um, I feel as though... Well, what's the call that looked good last year? Williams? Yeah, he did, but we saw what happened. Like, it's just... It's just a totally different, totally different thing going on um, when you don't okay. have Devontae Adams on on the field. Now, hopefully, yeah, I, I, I thousand percent believe if Devontae Adams is gone, then that changes everything. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, and mind you, I will say this: that that Aaron Rodgers that I saw yesterday did not look like the Aaron Rodgers that we saw all last season. The Aaron yes. Rodgers that we saw yesterday looked motivated. He looked, um, he looked like he wanted to play. Like I avoided drafting Aaron Rodgers this year because I, because of watching him last year, I was like, this dude looks, like he looks very disinterested in what's going on out here. Um, but yesterday he looked like he was uh, having fun in what he was doing, and he looked motivated. So I'm going to say, um. It certainly has the potential to do so. I do think they're just about an injury away. Um, from, from that chemistry yeah, between that, the yeah from that the coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know Aaron Rodgers is kind of touchy that way, you know. He kind of, you know. But the, the best thing that could have happened to this team is Aaron Rodgers bought in. Right. Like, that's – and, and I, that's why I said it the way I said Like, he – they're allowing to they're allowing him to roam within the confines of the offense to a certain degree. Meaning, like last year, you could tell it was like, yo, this is hard line. The way that things are going to be, the coach came out a few times and said, "Look, he's just going to have to play this way," you know. And um, I feel like that week one was just a, hey, you know, offense now. You do what you see fit within the offense when whenever you feel like you want to freelance or freestyle. And everybody knows that when Aaron Rodgers is freestyling, there might not be anybody more deadly yeah. <laughs> than than a freestyling Aaron Rodgers. So, <clears throat> so um, it seemed to have worked out. If 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 this is the if this is going to be the level of chemistry that we're going to see between Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff, then, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. help us all, please, you know, (laughs) Lord help us all because I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to see this fool, you know, go to a Super Bowl or do anything crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? But then again, Mark, like I said, I take it, me personally, I take it with a grain of salt because it was against the Vikings and it doesn't matter what the scenario is. We all know that the, the Packers could be a a team that is bad enough to miss the playoffs. But for six games, they're going to look like world beaters because they're going to beat up on the Lions. The pa- they're going to be up on the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings. That's what they do. That's the, that's the only – if it was any other team, I wouldn't be taking it with a grain of salt, but I am. It's the Vikings. It's a division game. They just own that division. Yeah. Now, um, you're absolutely right. Um, but look, man, um, is there any other 
uh, major games that you want to get into? Because I want to get into this fantasy soon. Like, because a nigga is fading fast. So okay, well, this is well, well, this is two things that I wanted to mention. Um, but we don't have to dig into it. Um, Drew Locke was on my watch list for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked about as good as I expected him to look. Um, I thought he handled himself well for going up against that um, uh, Titans defense. And he managed to not throw any picks, you know. So, in, in you know, he found, he found Fant a lot. He figured out, hey, once his options started getting taken away, he still found a way to get the ball to people. So, it, it let me know that he actively is kind of analyzing things. He's actively um, – he's smart enough to figure things out when, when you get your favorite targets taken away. So I like that. You know, I like what I saw from Drew Locke. Like I said, he was, he was my breakout player that I picked preseason. And then uh, also the Titans, since that's the same game. um, Seemingly, I don't know if it was just the Broncos defense being really good, but it seemed to me that, Usually we're used to seeing the defenses wear down at the end of the game, and it felt like it looked like Derrick Henry was wearing down. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's a cause for concern, but I, I didn't I like seeing that. I don't I don't think so. I don't think I don't think that's a cause for concern. I think it's just week one, no preseason. And particularly yeah. with uh a workhorse back like Derrick Henry, there's probably already using him sparingly, um, especially given the fact that he just got paid and stuff like that. He was probably already using him sparingly and uh, giving him rest and stuff like that. But with with that okay. comes, like, the lack of of game, of, uh, I guess, game cardio, I guess. And, yeah. And that just showed. And also Denver, like, no matter – what happens to Denver? Denver isn't a slouch. Denver has defensive players that can play, and they do know how to, and they are coached well on defense. So, they said 65% of their salary is spent on defense. They yeah. invest in their defense. <laughs> exactly. So I think Derrick Henry would be just fine. It's just yeah. he ran into the team that he ran into. And yeah. rightfully so, it's the Denver Broncos. So he'll he'll be all right. We'll we'll bounce okay. back. He still had over a hundred yards. It might have took him thirty one attempts to do, get there, but he he made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he. I mean, the thirty attempts is what I also like to see. That there's a commitment. Yeah, there's a commitment there <laughs> to running that ball. Yes, there is. So. Um, Even though he took 30 carries to get 100 yards, you see what they did? They didn't back up off the run. No, they, they did. still continue to run the ball. So, yeah, and I think um, I also I look forward like there was talk um, that he'll actually be used in a pass game, and you and I have talked. Offline, I saw it a couple of times, and you and I have talked offline about it and stuff. And you was like, "Well, I don't think he'll be used, but so much." And honestly doesn't need to be used but so much if he's used if he has five targets a game i think that'll be amazing like 
That, like, yeah. So, um, any other games that you want to get into before we break down this, some of this fantasy shit? Nope. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk fantasy football. All right, man. All right. So, let's get it together. Well, so this portion, we're just going to call this the FLCN portion, the Fantasy League Coverage Network portion of the pod, man. And uh, you and I, we're in three leagues together. Um, I'm currently one and two when it comes to across all leagues, and I believe you're three and no, which is a first for you. So, don't disrespect me. Don't disrespect me. Tell me that's a first for me. Don't do that. So that's don't do that. That's it, man. I'm just saying, it's not it's not something that's common to you. But oh my god, <laughs> one season, one season. That's cool, oh, man. Okay. Keep hanging on to that one year. Okay, All right, one go season. Ahead. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, I like in seven fifty, man. I lost my shirt at seven fifty. Like I. But the beauty of that is I highly doubt that that'll ever happen again. But I, like, Doug, I'm going to just, uh, yo. He was out there in the cold with no protection, bro. Yo, I steal stuff <laughs> versus Lombardicus Prime. 86 points to 150. Starters being uh, Drew Brees only had 14 points. Um, Duke Johnson, who shouldn't have been starting, only had 1.4. That was a mistake. And then you got Derrick Henry with 16, underperformed his projections. Tyreek Hill, 15. Cooper Cup, 8. Hayden Hurst, 6. Keenan Allen, 7. Gonzalez had a good game with 8 points. That's my kicker. And my defense had a fairly good game. They overperformed their projections by a little bit. It had eight points. Um, So, yeah, man. Like, as you can hear, these are, this is major unperformances for some of these names. Like, Cooper Cup, only eight points. Hayden Hurst with his new team, um, only, only six. Keenan Allen, um, that was the biggest surprise. Uh, only having seven points against the Cincinnati Bengals. That was a problem, man. Look, but, just wasn't uh, a good day. But, well, I'll say this, man. This what you what just happened to you with Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen. Those are two reasons. Those, these things is why I avoided them in a draft. It's because Cooper Cup, like I knew he would be gone before he hit the um, round that I would take him at because, but, but the reason why I avoid him in the earlier rounds is because I, I just know two things that's going to stay true. Cooper cup's going to get hurt. And then also just, just gauging off of last season for whatever reason, this dude is a pariah within that offense. Like Jared Goff, just, I don't know if he fucked his girlfriend, his mother or something. I don't know what's going on, but there's clearly something going on. And then, you know, the news are now that Cooper Cup's going to be doing kick returns or punt, no, excuse me, punt returns. Right. So if he's going to be doing punt returns, then that means there's going to be even less um, uh, 
there's going to be even less snaps that he's going to get just because of being tired from doing punt returns or them trying to conserve his health or preserve his health, excuse me, you know, and conserve his energy. So I, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, I feel like they're, they really want Robert Woods to be the guy is what it looks like to me. I feel like that's what's happening there. That's why I wanted to stay away from it. And then to speak on the Keenan Allen thing, I just know that Tyrod is a guy who he's going to spread the ball around. And then he's not like Drew Brees to where, you know, Drew Brees spreads the ball around, but Drew Brees is also throwing for 400 yards. So everybody's going to eat. Tyrod spreads the ball around, but he's throwing for 250. That becomes an issue. Keenan Allen's going to have some games where he does this, and Keenan Allen's going to have some games where Tyrod finds him in the red zone, he's going to get some touchdowns, and he's going to have his numbers. I I don't like the prospect of the inconsistency that comes with Tyrod being the quarterback for, for uh, Keenan Allen. That's why I avoided him. I expected them to have games like this. Obviously, you m- maybe even thought that, but you didn't think everybody was going to have that game week one. So, yeah, like, <laughs> not like, like, basically, the game that I expected everyone to have at some point, everyone had it the same week. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody had it all at once. So like that's ins- like that's insane, and honestly, like it's just what's going on with the Rams is absolutely ridiculous to me because whatever they're trying to be, stop trying to be it because your offense has looked in disarray for two years now, and you need to go back to whatever offense you were doing. In your 2017 season, go back to that. Back when you guys were a well-oiled machine and was punching people in the mouth, like go back to the 2017-2018 seasons. Because the 2019 season and this year, trash. Your offense is trash. Whatever, whatever the savant coach is is dreaming up, that shit is not working. It only worked this week because of who you were playing. If it wasn't for who you were playing, that you probably yeah. would have lost that game. See, so it's funny. So you talk about the week that you had. I had the opposite week, Mark. <laughs> Every <laughs> Everybody decided they was going to have their game. You know what I'm saying? Let me go down. Russ, Russell Wilson, but this is Russ's. 30, 31.78, you know, we got basically, 30, let's, just, let's just call it 31 points. I'm going to go on the low end. I'm not even going to round up. 31 points for Russ. Um, Joe Mixon did give me a six-point game, but you know what? That's a whole other thing. I well, think he lost a fumble. There was some other things that happened. So, like, he – but essentially, I, at the most, I would have gotten eight points out of him, and I think he had a, a touchdown opportunity that he yeah, didn't well, get. Yeah, well, slow, so, slow down, brother. Why why – while you're jerking yourself off, you might want to you want to tell people who you who you played or what was the score of the game or anything like that. Oh, you want to break it down? Well, at all we could or? talk about. Well, fine, let's get into that because that's all that's all that's irrelevant, man. So, I played. You know, my team. I am legend, and y'all try to get on me for my name because of what happened last season. See, y'all don't know any better. I didn't See, say because that. y'all, not you. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking and I'm pointing at you right now, but I'm not talking to you. 
those 750 cats know who they are. See, they ain't, they don't know my resume. They only see me last year, and it just so happens to be the first year they play with me is the is the worst year I've ever had in my entire fantasy football career. I've been doing this shit since 2000, and they catch me in my worst year. So I am legend. That's right. That's my fucking name. Put some respect on it. I was playing uh, I was playing Benny. You know, mm-hmm. FTW. You know, so we got. Like I said, score was 161 to 142. I think he ended up actually scoring the the either third highest total or fourth highest. Either way, he probably would have beat anybody else he played this week, but he happened to catch me on a hot week. So, yes, Russ got 31 points. Mixon got six, which was my only really subpar performance. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 28 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 29, which really hurt my soul being a Niners fan. And then uh, DJ Moore, nine points. Hunter Henry, 12. Jamison Crowder. Once, he, Like I said, I don't know why Jamison Crowder decided to have a 24-point game. but he never, did. ever happen again. Like, he doesn't think. I picked, I picked him because he gets targets, but he never gets in the end zone. And he never gets big plays. This dude's usually get, like, he'll have an eight-reception game and it'll be like 50 yards. That's what I'm expecting from Jamison Crowder. I'm not expecting him to do what he did. He ripped off a big he ripped off a big touchdown, so that that added to it. But 24 points from Jamison Crowder, I better win that week, right? Right. <laughs> and then Ravens gave me 15 on D, Greg Zerline, five. So I mean, I just had I had a bunch of people. I have no bench, y'all. I have no bench, okay? So my starters have to go off. And like I said, I just happen to have the opposite week that Mark had. I had everybody that is not supposed to do anything, do something. And then DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, I'm expecting 20 points probably in a good week, and he gave me 29. Like, DeAndre Hopkins outscored Christian McCaffrey. I'm not expecting that every week. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing you're not expecting that every week because – No, no, definitely not. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen again. <laughs> but uh, no, DeAndre looked DeAndre looked like he was going to be a problem. So no, DeAndre <laughs> looks like he's going to be DeAndre looks oh, great. But you talking about the Jamison Crowder? Yeah, Jamison Crowder. <laughs> That's not happening again. Hey man, my but boy, yeah. hey Mark, beware, beware. He got another performance up his sleeve. Listen, um, hey, guess what they rail, said? I'm just going to rail off the scores, man. I steal stuff versus uh, Labarticus Prime, 186 to 150. Ricky, 153 uh, to 110 versus The Goat. Big Trust, 122 versus Rodney, 104. I am Legend, 161 um, to 142 versus Benny. And still no condom versus Chuck. 100 to 147. Chuck, the winner there. Um, you know, that's, that's something I want to talk about real quick, Mark. And I want to ask you your thoughts on this. Do you do you think after week one that coach was slamming on the table saying uh, that y'all in trouble? Do you think he was doing that after week one? Oh, I know that. I know, I know <laughs> coach was slamming on the table. Hey, man. man. I, I, like, yo, you know he how said disgusting in the message, was? he was like, yo, who am I playing? I'm over here slamming on the table. I'm like, all right, be careful. Relax. Hey, dog. We know how that works. Hey, dog. You know how disgusting it was for me to watch his team just going off? Like, 
I'm like, yo, he got all these Cowboys on his team. They just, everybody just fucking, Chris Carson gave him 24. Cooper gave him 18. DK, DK Metcalf, where Ricky at, man? DK yeah. Metcalf gave him 19. John Jacobs gets three touchdowns. Yeah. Like, like everything, I'm like, come on, dog. Like, and I'm not going to lie. The Jacobs thing seems like they're intent on running the ball with Jacobs. So that might be. Which is new for them because last it, year, like, yeah. when it came to goal line, like, they was like, oh, <laughs> they acted like he no. didn't exist. Now at goal line, it was like he they only had eyes for him. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. I'm not even going to lie, man. All the, we, we, we climbing for all these damn running backs. They all started going off. I was like, man, I hope coach don't show up in this fucking chat. Um, that's that's how I felt about it. But then, um, but um, I still feel I still feel the same way I felt be prior to the um, season starting. I still feel like, you know, dangerous teams was uh, Mister Big Trust and uh, and Benny FTW. You know, well, so like a lot of injuries I, happened. Um, a lot. Le'Veon Bell is is hurt on injury reserve. Jameson Crowder, hamstring uh, questionable. Uh, James Conner, questionable uh, from his injury in the last game. There's there's players all over the field that are... All I'm saying is if Jameson Crowder can play, you're talking about the fact that Le'Veon ain't going to be there to help out in the passing game. I don't know, Mark. If if Jameson Crowder sees the field, he might have another 24-point game. Mm-hmm. Or because Le- there is no Le'Veon, they're just going to key in on his ass, and he ain't going to be able to do shit. <laughs> like, there's that. Well, what's his hey, hey, what's his name over there? Um, oh no, actually, they don't really got no other receivers. I'm not even going front. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, um, there's a lot going on because I think with Brashard Perryman, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, wh- who? Who do you th- who was the like the guy that put up points that you weren't expecting to uh see that from? Um, to my individual player? Yep. Whew, man, let me think back. Um who put up points that I didn't expect it from? <laughs> um I have to say Jay- I mean, I'm 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 trying not to be biased, but I didn't expect uh, Jamison Crowder. That's the name that I could think off the top of my head. Um, shoot, um, I don't know, man. Uh, let me, let me, let me look at it. I mean, do you got anybody off the top of your head? Yeah, um, I have a few. Um, Benny Snell, um, James, James uh, Connor got hurt, and now mind you, that was against uh, the Giants, so take it for a grain of salt because the Giants um, are trash. But Benny Snell played really well. And um, and then you have um, shit. Oh, fuck. What team? Uh, what are you talking about? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um. Oh, but yeah, other players that uh, intrigued me was uh, Benny Snell, and uh, I did not expect 
um, Malcolm Brown to uh, to be as impressive as he was. Um, I expected him to uh, be giving up that job fairly quickly, but he was fairly impressive um, against the Bengals. We'll see how that goes going forward. Um, and if Cam Akers is able to wrestle that job from him. Um, and any other players that really stood out to me, Josh Jacobs is one of them simply because of uh, yeah. all the goal line touches that he got. That, like, I had Josh Jacobs last year and I liked his running style, I liked him as a runner. But what I saw from them last year, where it's they purposefully went away from him. It made me standoffish on him this year, and it seems like that is a totally different case um, yeah. now. It seems like they're actually correcting that a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I say um, for me, Van, because I just looked at some names, and I guess for me um, – it would be uh, Naheem Hines. Yeah. Um, he it's and it's and I'm not just saying that just off his uh, fantasy total. Like, first off, I will say this: Philip Rivers, he's always good for it. That man loves throwing to running backs. Okay. And it seems as though he has found his guy, because even with Mac getting touches, even with uh with uh Jackson getting was it Jackson? Not Jackson, um Taylor. Even with Taylor getting touches as well, it seemed as though like Hines was the guy he was targeting in the past game. Nobody yeah. else was seeing those targets. And now and, uh, that uh and now and, that um Mac is gone, Hines should be like over the yeah. top now. So Oh man. I, I'm expecting and knowing the way that Philip Rivers plays, I'm expecting at least eight targets. I'm expecting eight targets a game for Naheem Hines. I'm also expecting because I like what Naheem Hines did with his with after the catch. I like what he did with his with his with his carries as well. So like he kind of. I mean, obviously, I've seen him play last year, but it seems as though he has taken strides. So this is just one game. This is definitely a guy I would watch. Um, I think I was able to pick him up in one league. So. We'll see. We'll see if it pans out. Yeah, I was able to pick him up in the seven fifty league. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Um, one thing that I did feel good about was my my late round guy Chase Claypool. You know the guy that I fell in love yep. with. He came out the gate firing. He didn't get a lot of catches, but he did. He did put it on film to make the coaches look and be like, "Yo." All right, man. We gonna have to have a conversation about getting him more involved. That his very first it, catch was an impressive fifty-fifty ball. That a very difficult catch off the yeah. sideline. Yep, and this is what I'll say. Ben looked motivated. Yeah, he did. Ben looked like he was in shape. I never seen Ben this small before. Um, well, not since I, his first I, year. First. I, well, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. If Ben is going to be motivated and he's going to play the way that he did in week one, then I give it I give it five. I, I give it by week five before Claypool becomes a major part of the offense. Yeah, man. I 
Like, honestly, I think I'm looking forward to Claypool. Um, for those out there uh, that that he's still available in, which is probably all leagues, like, put him on your watch list. Just just look out for him. Um, see what see what he does going forward. Um, everybody should be, oh, another person you should look out for, man. Robert Gronkowski was nowhere to be found at all in any situation, but OJ Howard was. And Mm -hmm. so, and if he's available in your league, uh, you should probably go get him. Uh, We do know that Tom likes to go to tight ends. And um, now, do I think that Robert Gorkowski is going to have a disappearing act for the rest of the year? Definitely not. But the fact that Mm -hmm. he had zero catches um, and possibly zero targets in week one says says a little bit. It says a lot. Yeah, it says a (laughs) little bit to you. Either he's not getting open or he's just not like forget, he's, not really forget it. he's just office. not ready. He's just yeah. he's not ready. He just he's not ready, man. He's so, not ready. That's what it seems like. He's not ready. I mean, because Bruce if he Aaron was ready, he looks like the yeah. old Gronk. But they say a lot of shit when they talking. Maybe he meant like he looks like old Gronk. Maybe he <laughs> look like the old version of Gronk. I don't uh, know. But... Um, I don't. Okay, I don't know if you wanted to talk. Um, because you're talking about watch list guys. I mean. Mm-hmm. Are we doing this, or are we just we kind of lightly touching on it? Because I mean, I feel like there's too many people that's that's going to be listening to this that I'm playing that I'm playing in fantasy leagues with. But that's fine. This right. guy is this guy is lower on the totem pole. I wish I could pick him up, but I don't have a spot on my roster for him. He just wasn't high up on the priority list. But I will say this: um, Scott Miller. Scott Miller for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He is a guy that they loved in the training camp. He's a guy that they love in practice. They say he's a guy with his speed and athletic ability. He can make plays. And from what I saw with my own two eyes in the game, he is a player that Tom Brady is already beginning to lean on a little bit and trust. And he looks like he's poised to be the new Edelman, Wes Welker, whoever you want to call him. He looks yeah. like he's he's in line to be that guy. But here's it might the, not happen right away, but here's the problem I had with that, now that you brought that up. Cause that was some that was a takeaway that I wanted to bring up. Um, Tom, you're not in New England anymore. Your best receivers aren't in the slot, bro. Your best receivers are on the outside now. This is a different team. This is a team that actually invests in their wide receivers. And they're on the outside. Uh, you you going to – you checking down and going to your slot guy, that's not what they do there. Yo, people – this was the dream matchup. Tom Brady with Godwin – and Evans, like that's the matchup people wanted to see from you, Doug. We people are expecting your, some people are expecting close towards your Randy Moss year. 
you know what I'm saying? They expected that Randy Moss year, you know what I'm saying, where it was like 5,000 yards, something like that. I mean, obviously. I don't know why they expected that. Obviously, sure. you're I mean, old as shit. Close to it, I Like, guess. yeah, exactly. Obviously, you're old as shit, so you're not going to get that. But people are, are at least expecting a 4,000-yard year, given the uh, kind of guys that you have around. You're not going to get that. You're talking about it to given the, the kind receiver. of guys. Let's keep it a buck. Tom Brady has to watch himself because every week it's going to be a Jameis Winston comparison. And if you're Tom Brady, you cannot end up on the bad side, on the wrong side of a Jameis Winston comparison. You can't. That's going to end all that goat talk real fast. Oh, man, you can't end up on the wrong side of a Jameis Winston uh, comparison. You can't. Yeah, you can't. The memes is already dropping. The memes is already dropping with Jameis Winston with the clipboard. Like, it's already happening, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I just think who, who, um, what's something that you've done in the past in fantasy football that, like, you, like, you would tell yourself today or you remind yourself today, don't do that shit. Don't do that again. Whew. There's a couple. I'm, I'm going to start off with one. Then you re, you probably remember this year. Do not draft guys. I don't care. Fuck. I don't, give, I don't care how good they are. Do not draft a bunch of guys that are known to get hurt. Mm. Because I had that one season. It felt like there was guys that don't usually get hurt that got hurt on top of the guys that I got that always get hurt that got hurt. Like I'm talking about the who's who, the, the Matt Forte, the Keenan Allen. I have both of them. Like, man, it's like, yo, if they stay healthy, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to run the league. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, so I, I mean, picking up three, if you, if you got, if, I think if you have two guys on your team that are, that are injury prone, that are, either a wide receiver one or running back one, if they're in that one spot for any position, you got two guys in one spot that are injury prone, you're already, you're already failing. You know, you definitely don't want to go over two because now you're already rolling the dice, you know? So that's something that I'll never do again. I don't care how low they fall, <laughs> you know, but um, th- that's one thing. And then um, I would have to say, you know, so things that were uh, done in the past that I'll never do again. Oh man, uh, grasping for grasping for straws, like dropping what I have to pick up somebody that might be. Um, I've done that, and I do that a lot. I do that a lot. I've done that in the past, and it's always come back to bite me. To where it's like, hey man, I waited three weeks. I waited four weeks. You're not performing. And I, what happened, man? Last year I had DeAndre Hopkins, and then the second I dropped him. You know, week six, which I thought I waited long enough. Week six, what I do? I dropped him. He started playing. Like, I don't – it's just – this is something that I do that I just – I don't think – I'm not going to be on that time this year. So him, you traded him. You traded him, dropped him, got rid of him, doesn't matter. I, I had a guy, and I traded him. Like I said, I traded what I had for what could be. Yeah. Now – So. Yeah, a thousand percent. Now, yeah. with that, like, I had a similar situation. What I do and that I have to constantly remind myself, even now, is don't tinker too much after week one. 
like, like week one, like I've had a year where week one, outside of like five, like outside of my first five round guys, my team looked totally different by week three. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like have faith in what you drafted a little bit and, and ride and ride it out. Like now, I recently dropped uh, J.K. Dobbins, and and I dropped him uh, not because I don't think he's good. Because like I said, I think he'll he's the best running back that came out the draft. But he um, it what I, from what I saw in his usage uh, this past week was it was mostly goal line usage, and if that's their intention is to use him in goal line. That's a volatile situation. Now that could be, like that could be great for him, but it could not be so great for him. For him, and um, and there was just other guys out there that are showing um, that I can count on, particularly Malcolm Brown, who was out there. And I have Cam Akers, so I needed the, um, so I needed uh, Malcolm Brown as the security blanket, um, and um, Hines, um, in which I picked up Hines because with uh, Marlon Mack being injured, I was like, well, he's definitely a part of the offense now. Now, from it being a three-headed monster, it's a two-headed monster. And Jonathan Taylor isn't really the guy to catch ball, catch balls out of the backfield. So therefore, I'm going to roll with Hines because I feel like that's a secure situation versus someone being the goal line guy, especially when yeah. you're in the PPR. Yeah, yeah, you got to take the running back that's going to get the targets. You know, if you happen to get if he's get if JK was getting targets, like four or five targets and goal line, then we could talk. I don't know, man. I don't have anything else for this one. Uh um, dude. I'm I'm good to go on it. Alright. So with that being said, um it was a pleasure as always, Sean.